What's going on, everybody? It is Coach Greg Adams back in here with another YouTube live stream. Shout out to the Coach Gang. And that's you. For being in here, being involved, and being active on this YouTube channel. And welcome to the world famous, the infamous Wake Up Show. Part of the Free Agent Lifestyle Podcast. Here on the Free Agent Lifestyle channel, you in here with the Bruce Wayne of this ish. The Kanga Kangs, the Kanga content, and the speaker of truth. Yours truly, the notorious one. New, 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 new world order. AKA Mr. Coach Alini, better known as the prognosticator, Coach Adamus. And once again, you're in the Desert Storm bunker with EWF, every woman's fantasy. CGAC got Allah and the eight time demonetized champion of YouTube. You back in here with the best of the best, the best entertainment here. CGA young boy, somebody just said, CGA young boy in the building. All right, for our young G's in the building, the OG CGA young boy back in the building. We back. And we got a great show for you today. Why women get bored in monogamous relationships, uh, sexually and all of that first, and why men should know this. All right, we're giving you this information because not to rat out the ladies, ladies. And that's you. Ladies are going to be not so. We're going to prove it. I got proven. You know, I got evidence. Evidence. Mm -mm. Evidence is your life. Pure on evidence. I got the evidence. Mm -mm. Evidence. It will blow you away. CGA evidence. CGA's evidence. <laughs> All right, shout out to we got the evidence in the building and we're going to show it to you once again. All right, CGA always comes prepared and CGA always comes first, ladies. But anyway, we got a great show, man. We got a uh, straggle and sniggle theater. We got uh, we don't have doom and gloom, but I might feel some doom and gloom in if you will. And of course, we have uh, Kevin Costner's wife extorting Kevin Costner. This is absolutely <clears throat> despicable out here. All right. And I'm a little perturbed. I'm a little perturbed at the moment um, because I got something going on in my life. It's just pissing me off. It's just, you know, it's perturbing me. It's irritating me, but it's all right. We're going to still have a great show. Do me a favor. Hit the like button and subscribe to this channel. Um, And you can super chat. Actually, you can cash app dollar sign the notorious CGA support the show on the cash app. Coach Greg Adams TV on Venmo. PayPal, paypal.me backslash Coach Greg Adams, and that will be pinned to the top of the live chat on the Free Agent Lifestyle channel, and you can super chat on the Notorious new, 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 new CGA channel. All right, and let me type this in real quick and like make sure I get the right message in there. Here we go. Here we go. Indeed, there it is right there. It is pinned to the top of the live chat on the Free Agent Lifestyle channel. I done forgot. I done forgot. All right, I can switch languages real quick. Anyway. Anyway, let's get to the earlier contributors to today's show. All right. And we got some funny super chats already. I'm going to see if I can find out. Oh, I can't find it. But anyway, we got some earlier contributors to today's show. We have Albert Wesker, as always, says her body count in college looks like Chirac. He says after she let two frat boys spike pile driver on her college spring break in Cancun, she always gets bored. Ladies, ladies, it's too early for them to confirm. Walk the plank says, I know CGA had the whole chat sniggling when he saw Tom Brady's girlfriend with her pigtails and he had to take a break because I lost it. Shout out to my sniggles. 
and I do still have that up saved. I think I did right-click save uh, Tom Brady's girlfriend with the pigtails. And uh, let me see if I right-click saved it. Oh, it looks like it's somewhere. It's somewhere in my bank. All right, somewhere in my bank. Somewhere up here. Yes, indeed. I had to take a break ski. Ladies, remember I told you, long, long hair. All right, long, long hair. All right, she had the handlebar pigtails. Yeah, brother, if you know, you know, ladies. If you know, you know. If you don't know, now you know. All right, shout out to you. AC says CGA young boy to drop shop. He says to chop and screw stream for all the luscious leaners and the weed heads. All right, and the scissor uh, leaners too. And then just be sipping on that scissor. All right. If you know, you know. Shout out to Chris Jericho. He says, shout out to the brothers in Tejas that took down the active shooter in May. He says, I don't think people know how hard it is to get an effective shot on a target with that stress and background distractions. Indeed, um, you know, taking down a target, period. But, you know, you got you got you got kids involved. I think that was the one that was that the one at the school. Maybe that was somewhere else. OK, but uh, yeah, it's very hard to do that. Shout out to the brothers that are um, doing that, making sure that. Nobody gets hurt out here. Nobody moves. Nobody gets hurt. Shout out to, oh, look at my brother, Cashley Davis. My man is an original Coach Gang member. All right. He says, spent the week camping and fishing in 10 IC. Shout out to you, sponsorship time. I'm rich, And he says, free July style for life. Oh, it was in a mall, outlet mall. Shout out to you. He spent the week camping and fishing, brothers, enjoying the peace, quiet, and freedom, and uh, enjoying life. That's what you're doing. And and he's a brother's brother. He's a black man. Camping and fishing? What kind of ninja are you? <laughs> what kind of ninja are you? That's white people stuff. Shout out to for all the brothers doing white people stuff this week. <laughs> all right. Anyway. All right kind of ninja are you out there hunting and fishing you supposed to be you supposed to be trying to get married to one of these single mother straggle daggles mm. kind of ninja is this out there having fun white people thought stuff all right shout out to jacob says shout out to john fetterman <laughs> the john fetterman of this ish and i stutter already did, 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 did i stutter all right man hey man you guys forget you country boys all right y'all didn't just think y'all city folk Y'all think y'all city folk because your great grandpappy or your grandpappy it probably was your grandpappy moved from the south and migrated to these western states and the Midwest. And y'all think y'all city folk. That's why black folks get so much pride talking about where they from. I'm from Washington, D.C. They do everything to prove they ain't a Bama. But you just a Bama. Mm. All y'all niggas is Bamas. OK, we all Bamas. I'm from Oakland, not me. I'm city folk. I'm city-fied. I'm from Los Angeles. I'm city-fied. I'm from Chicago. I'm city-fied. You just a Bama. You just a Bama. Get your Bama ass back to the South. <laughs> I'm a city-fied. I'm from New York City. You a Bama. That's what you are. <laughs> All right, anyway. Hi, Sadiddy ass. Hot country, Sadiddy. Hey, you can take the boy out of the country. Can't, can't, take, can't, take, can't take the country out of the boy. You Bamas. And just be Bamas all. I'm in Washington, D.C., Washington, D.C. is the South. Washington, D.C. is the South. All right. It ain't it ain't the Northeast. D.C. is in the South, Ninja. All right. Anyway, mm. <laughs> I'm making everybody in D.C. mad. D.C. is a southern state. It ain't even a state, but D.C. is a southern district. 
Because, look, you can't go that far. If you're in Washington, D.C., you can drive 30 minutes and you'll be in Richmond. How far is Richmond from D.C.? It's, it's, it's literally the Mason-Dixon line. Ninja, Ninja, I almost said it. Ninja, y'all countries. Y'all country-ass Bama's in D.C. I'm city folk. I'm city folk. No, you're not. You a Bama. All right, anyway. How far is Richmond? It's two hours in Ninja? Okay. Well, D.C. is in the South. Not bad for Washington, D.C. Well, I guess I can't go to Washington, D.C. now. Anyway, country bumpkin ass. All right, anyway. Let me get back into the show. All right, where are we at here? Hey, compared to New York, D.C. is in the South. Yeah. Mm. It's close enough. Bama's. Hey, shout out to uh, Moose Hefner says, Coach, thank you for inspiring me, inspiring me to create content on YouTube. I just went, hit, I just hit 1,018 subscribers today, and I'm applying for YouTube partnership. He says, Blue Chip mindset for life all right shout out to you brother shout out to you hey man congratulations on hitting that 1000 mark and just as you hit it you only need 500 but that's all right (laughs) now you only need 500 now you only need 500 but shout out to you man i was just in what no 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 i wasn't in washington dc i lied i was gonna go to dc but it was just too far from philly all right, anyway, where are we at here? Shout out to uh, Euro says, you're right about single older moms. Long story short, he says, I've been doing a $2,500 Airbnb uh, to my house and my mom and my nephew for the past two months. Oh, no. So, oh, this is terrible. I, this is going to end all bad. So you're saying, you, you said, I've been doing a $2,500 Airbnb to my house. And he says, my mom and my nephew that's a little confusing. I might have confused it. And you've been doing it for the past two months with the promise she'll put money towards it. <laughs> oh, my Lord. Stop. Stop. So this is your mother. This is not going to end well. Hey, I want you guys to listen. I want you guys to listen. <laughs> I, this is going to end bad. All right. Oh, hold on for a second. He says, uh, my mom, Heidi, hates you in your message, but I listen to you every day. Shout out to Heidi. Heidi, 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 ho. All right, so, no, just kidding, brother. Anyway, so he he's airbnb to his mom and nephew for the last two months, $2,500. You already know what's going to happen here. He says, of course, There was a promise that the mom, she'll put the money towards it. Of course, that didn't happen. I told her this was the last month I'm doing it because I need to invest more in my businesses. And June has been a slow month. And she said, first, she said she was thinking about selling her Delta companion pass I use to travel nearly every week for business to raise some cash. Then she asked me to front her $300 to $400 to make it through the weekend he says they really don't see how they interfere with your efforts to build wealth after they f up their lives so man let me tell you something i'm gonna tell y'all something brothers right now thank you for sharing that it was a long one and i had to read through it let me tell you something gentlemen this is it this is i promise to god do not do business money and blood don't mix money and blood don't mix like two and nope 
find yourself in serious shit, especially your mothers. Your mother's going to F your life up, man, from start to finish. <laughs> All right, Mitch. Mm. They're not going to deal with money with you the proper way. They're always going to then, if they can't make it, they're going to say, they're going to say, hey, but I'm your mom. Um, you're not going to kick me out on the street. What are you going to do? Push me out on the street. They're going to lever. They're going to actually somehow try to tug at your heartstrings and say that you won't push their ass out in the street. Dude, I'm just telling y'all the best thing you can do if you're doing this with your mom is just, just either pay it and don't expect anything from her. She's going to renege on her deal. And uh, she's been doing this all her life, right? She's been doing this all her life and you don't even realize it. She did it to all of her landlords before you became her landlord. This is how she reneged on deals. So, um, just give her the money. This is how you deal with it. Just give her the money and don't expect anything back and just consider her or consider just push her out in the streets. But I mean, that's what it is in these streets. Push her out in the streets. If she's providing no value, she's going to be dead weight. And guys, if you haven't been here yet and you think I'm lying, we got a lot of we got a lot of long ass chats. But by the way. But they're sponsorships. If you think I'm lying, guys, you're going to hit this point. This is why I tell you the blue chip mindset. The blue chip mindset is like this. It goes like this. If you haven't experienced this yet, you will. If you're a man, the only male in your in your sibling group and or the oldest or only child, you're going to experience this. You better prepare for what you need to do when your single mother or your mother in general becomes older. She hits 60, 65, 70, 75, 80. You need to have a plan because the shit is going to hit you right in the face. Okay. It's going to hit you right in the face and no, she don't have no money. She has no savings. Shit dried up. Um, you will be supporting her or you will be pushing around into her nursing home. You better figure out how to have above and beyond that money because she's going to move in with you. She's going to say, well, if you can't, you can't do this, can't do that. I don't want to be homeless. She's going to be like, I only have no choice, but to move in with you. Okay. And she's giving no money to you. Okay. So be prepared for this moment. It's going to come. If this is why, if you have a single mother, this shit is coming to your a home near you. Okay. Goldster, if you want. Shout out from Dragon of the East. Good morning, Sensei Adams. Greetings from somewhere in Mongolia. It's Thursday evening here, visiting at the same time, paying honor and respect to my great ancestor. Genghis Khan. Upon extension, extensive research, I am a direct descendant of Genghis Khan. Good to see you are alive and well and continuing to teach. Um, one such as myself, the way, and he says, do an Asian, he says, the way, do an Asian. And he says, the way of CGA. I hate luxury. I exercise moderation. It will be easy to forget your vision and purpose once you have fine clothes, fast horses, and beautiful women. In which case, you will no, be no better than a slave, and you will surely lose everything. That is from Genghis Khan. Peace, quiet, and freedom, and free agent lifestyle for life. Shout out to you for the co-sponsorship. Appreciate it. I'm yeah, one more time. One more thing about that. He actually is making a point. We might have to bring this point up. I'm going to get on with the show. Is that uh, I think a boxer, I think it was, um, what was the brother from Pennsylvania? Eastern Pennsylvania. Larry Holmes, one of these boxers said, it's hard to be the heavyweight champion when you 
It's hard to be the heavyweight champion once you start wearing silk robes. Somebody said it. Muhammad Ali. Somebody said it. Maybe Sugar Ray Leonard. It's hard to start to be. What, what is it? It's hard to be uh, become heavyweight champion once you start wearing silk robes. It's something like that. So once you start getting comfortable, silk sheets. Oh, silk sheets. Somebody give me the quote. You lose that hunger and drive. Mar Marvis ha Marvin Hagler said it. Marvin Hagler said it. Okay, give me the quote just so I get it right. Marvelous Marvin Hagler. It's hard to be heavyweight champion once you start sleeping on silk sheets. There you go right there. It's hard to train when you're waking up in silk sheets. There you go. There you go. So that's what it is. We Shout out to Marvelous Marvin Hagler. Indeed. So once you get comfortable and you start getting these things, sometimes even when you get them, you want to start putting them away. Many times you want to get rid of them because you lose that drive, that hunger, and all that stuff. So once you have it, instead, yes, beautiful women, nice cars, nice clothes. Once you have it, you lose that hunger. You lose that um, me against the world. You lose that drive. It, it, it's certainly true. And you want to get, you want to start getting, he says, once you start sleeping with white women. Um, anyway, <laughs> you want to make sure you get rid of those things and put them away so you don't see them all the time. All right, so let's get back to the show. Let's get back to the show. What do we got? What's going to happen here? Straggling Single Theater is going to happen, so that means we need to run the intro, and let's get to it. Hey, ride with me if you ride with me, you can slide with me if you feel like 550 on the fast sticky, come get high with me, that's a deal, right? All right, uh, Straggling Single Theater, we got quite a few episodes of Straggling Single. We have uh, the first episode, first thing on Straggling Single Theater, is... um. Uh, this woman, we have a sloppy, soggy yogurt Kaylee that uh, gets pulled over by the police. She or share on YouTube. And she has an interesting way of interpreting what the police wants her to do. Let's take a look. Oh, you have to open my door for me. That's fine. Thank you. No worries. You got any weapons on anything like that? Yeah. You do me a favor and just lift up real quick. No, no, no. Just a jacket. Oh. Turn around. Okay, you can come this way. She was about to whip them saggy titties out. No bra. She was without hesitation. She was about to whip them saggy titties out. Titties out. I mean, without even a without even a thought. Oh, she said, lift it up. She was like, pull the titties up. This got this is a methany at this point. This has to be Tampa, Florida. This has to be Tampa, Florida. Let's go back and uh repeat the video and see what happened here. How did she misinterpret that? That was, he didn't really instruct her very well. And of course, she's a 304, so she only knows 304 language, all right? So um, he's trying to protect himself and not lose his life from Methany shooting him. But she interpreted it as whipping them titties out. So let me see what we got here, ladies and gentlemen. Weapons on anything like that? You do me a favor. And all right, hold on for a second. Let's make it larger for you. What's going on with Methany? Oh, wait a minute. Where did it go? There it is. Here we go. Just lift up real quick. Lift up. Look. <laughs> there she is right there. Do you like hey, being hey, with me? JLP on my show now. All right. Yeah, Let's go ahead and show what she That's fine. Thank you. No worries. You got any weapons on anything like that? Yeah. You do me a favor and just lift up real quick. Yeah. Lift it up. Yeah, there you go. She got her cigarette. She got her crack pipe in her hand or meth needle. Long ass Virginia Slim. And she about to whip them saggy waggies out. <laughs> All right. Good Lord. Ladies, what are y'all doing out here, man? Y'all doing out here, first thing y'all want to do is get them titties out. That's it. Yeah, man. Come on, ladies. Let's let's get it. Let's get it right. 
Let's get it right out here, man. If I did that to you, if I walked up and said, can you lift up? And she's like, yes. All right. Anyway, anyway, absolutely reprehensible behavior. Speaking of reprehensible behavior. All right. There's a video that's going super viral and there. This video is going to be an indication that there is something going on in our world. And uh, according to this comment section, I think men are in a situation where it looks like they hate women. They just are in a situation, let's just say men are fed up. Men are fed up with women's antics. You know, um, there's been a group of men, mostly Gen Z, they grew up, and they've been really had a quality shoved down their throat. And I know they, you know, a lot of men have folded, become woke, and they walk on eggshells. And, and young men have had to walk on eggshells and take a backseat to make women equal. That's the only way equality works is if men take a backseat. Okay, men have to give up what they their pursuits. They have to give up their goals and accomplishments. They have to give up their uh, aggressiveness, their masculinity in order for women to believe they're equal. Now, you got to remember, these men inherently know nature naturally that there's no such thing as equality. And many men can't say this. And this leads to frustration. This leads to frustrated men because it's obvious. It's obvious that there's no such thing as equality. And they're making these men uh, 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 achieve equality. And um, they're frustrated that they can't even speak to this. Now, I can speak to this because I'm telling you the truth. So this video is going to be an indicator of that. And we're going to check out the comment section. It's gone viral. And the viral video is a, I said it's jujitsu, but it looks like stunt training, some sort of stunt training. Uh, they're offering classes and whatnot. It has 1.5 million likes. I can't tell you how many views it has, but the comment section is going crazy. And so let me go ahead without further ado, showing you this video. And there's a stunt. It looks like this woman is training for stunts. And there's a man, they're doing some sort of mat training, martial art, jujitsu, Krav Maga. I don't even know. But let's take a look at the video. By the way, that in position is pretty good there. That's where she needs to be face down and ass up. But here's the interesting thing about this. When you go to the comment section, there is what people would say a group of incels. Okay, right? But this is a group of frustrated men. All right. And here we go. They are going in. Take a look at the likes. Okay. What you're seeing is a group of men saying, finally, right? Finally, we're proving good and well that there's no such thing as equality, right? There's, we need more of this, all right? We need more of this so people can understand that there's no equality. You know what I mean? They want, it's, it's kind of a sad commentary about our life because men are getting to the point where they want to see women getting their ass kicked. I mean, it's like equal rights equals lefts, equal lefts, equal right, equal lefts. So this is the sad commentary about our world because men have been told Captain Marvel, Wonder Woman, and we're just as strong and we can do. And now men are like, mm, right? They're tired of it. So you got a lot of groups of men in here says, guys, stop commenting. I can't like all the comments. Equality button over here. The no mercy button over there. All right. How is this real two hours long? Essentially, why am I 
Why am I watching two hours of this straight? Trans women in sports, okay? Use me as the equal or the extra like button. Okay, here we go here. Use me as a satisf satisfaction but button here. Here we go. Um, let me see here. It says right here, she concentrated more on fighting than sticking her arse up. She'd probably have a small chance. Bro is training for uh, fighting against the LGBTQ supporters. Use me as a Sigma button. He says, I felt it when she held her lower back. So there's a whole bunch of comments here. If you go to the original post, people are going in. <laughs> they came. They're like, finally. <laughs> they just wanted to go ahead. This is crazy, bro. This is crazy. So anyway, they're like, man, this is what we want. We've been waiting for this. And this look, it ain't me. It ain't me that's making it like this. So remember, I'm just reporting. I'm just the messenger. Don't shoot the messenger. I'm not promoting anything. Look, the proof is in the pudding. One point, I've never seen a post. I've never seen a post. Let me see how many followers they got. They have 300,000 300, followers on Instagram. I don't think I've ever seen a post with that many likes. You know, I don't pay attention. Other than a girl with her arse out. Right? I've never seen a post with that many likes, but apparently I don't think they just like it because her booty's out. They are liking it because they're like, finally, man, somebody need to whip some ass. It's crazy. So uh, take a look at this equality here. And uh, by the way, she's wetter than the Niagara Falls. If you want to know it, I do. I actually have another video about this. It's kind of long, but what you don't know is this is she's aroused. Her arousal level is on 1000. If she just had her socks off, yeah. If she just had her socks off, I would love it. Yes, this went viral. Absolutely crazy. So anyway, <laughs> there she is. And she is wetter than the Niagara Falls on this one. Yeah, buddy. Yeah, buddy. She likes this. They like this, lady, gentlemen. They like this. I actually have another video related to this. I don't know if I can pop it up real quick. I wasn't prepared to share it. But um, there's another video I can show you of a woman being extremely aroused by this type of treatment. And it's on YouTube, by the way. Somebody has shared it on Locals. And if you're not on Locals, I don't know what you're doing, man. You need to get over there. CoachGregAdams.Locals.com. Do not ask me where. The link is on the screen. Oh, I might have deleted it. All right. I might have deleted it. Anyway, we'll share it another time. <laughs> she hot and ready. She ready to get slid right there. We're going to talk about it later on today. All right. What else is going on on Strack on Sniggle Theater? Apparently... Boy, these videos are going viral as well on a daily basis. Here you go. They out here. In these streets. Even in the hot weather, Las Vegas, Phoenix, Los Angeles, you got flat booties, soggy booties, pancakes, spread booty, fat, thick, soggy. They out here in these streets, man. They out here, not on your Instagram. They out here renegading in tandems and packs. Knockney, cockeyed, youngins, oldens, they out here like crazy. Take a look at the knockney one in the back. Knees all knocked and everything. She got pigeon toed, knock knees. These people crazy. These the girls y'all running game on, ladies and gentlemen. These the baddies on Instagram. These the these the girls y'all don't know are on the spectrum. And these the pogs. These y'all pogs. <laughs> right? These y'all pogs. Not even. Not even the hot weather in the Southwest can stop them. All right, let's take a look at another one here. This is a lady, uh, a flatback to Kaylee. She wants to be the next pro golfer. She wants to make golfing videos on Instagram. 
Apparently, she's in an indoor golf range with an instructor. Everybody can see this. I don't know if she has a blindfold on. I don't know if she has some sort of vision goggles on. But uh, her spatial awareness is absolutely atrocious. Okay. But there's the flatback, Kaylee. She knows, hey, I can get some Instagram views if I learn how to play golf. There he is. And there's an instructor or somebody instructing here. Take a look at what she does here. Um, here we go. She's at 80, but it's only going 100 yards, 90 yards. Avery, oh my gosh. What? What? Oh, oh, um, she whacked the shit out of him and didn't even help him. She didn't even help him afterwards. Take a look, man. I tell you, man, there are some of this. They have a they have a characteristic. They have a trait that we will never understand. And this calls self-absorbed. They're self-absorbed. They don't think about anybody but themselves. All right. Now, there is some times where they think about others, but it's usually surrounded around either pets or children. And then some in most cases, virtue signaling when they want to look good in the public opinion, they will virtue signal to actually look good. And they'll be like, I care about Pride Month. I care about uh, empathy. I care about people's mental health. No, they don't. They want you to care about their pets. They want you to care about their feelings. They want you to care about their mental health. It's a self-centeredness. It's a virtue signal because they know they have the same issue and they would wish other people would care about them. They don't care about other people's situations. You'll find it out real quick. Just start expressing yourself. She'll be like, I don't care about this shit. Mm. All right. And so in this case right here, I don't know what's going on as to why she whacked them. It doesn't make sense. No person would do this. And by the way, this instructor, you know, he took his eye off the ball. All right. He started talking to her and then she was not paying attention. Okay. Here it is right there. And then my goodness, I mean, this is exactly what you don't want. And at this point he knew he effed up. All right. She's in full black swing. By the way, her swing does look good. All right. That arm is somewhat straight looking good there. All right, and she pulling it back, and he's like, bitch. He's like, look, wait. Yeah, bitch. Yeah, bitch. He's looking at her like, are you really doing this? Are you really about to do this? You really ain't about to do this, are you? Yeah, bitch. Yeah, bitch. <laughs> and she goes full swing on this ninja. All right, hitting his shin, his nuts, his balls. I'm a, I'm assuming she has some sort of eyewear on to where she's vir like a VR, virtual reality. Yeah, I don't think that's an excuse because... There she goes right there. I don't think that's an excuse because um, she looks like she can see right now. You know what I mean? She must have had some sort of glasses. Uh, she's flat back the two. Anyway. All right, man. He needed to sweep the leg. Yeah, he needed to sweep the leg. I don't, I don't know if that has to do. And by the way, look at how she steps back. The ninja injured. And she has no regard for his injury. She's thinking about herself at this point. She's thinking about herself. All right. What's the next one here? What is the next one? Uh, scrippers. We got two scrippers. All right. Let me see what town they're from. They must be from Los Angeles. I'm not sure. Uh, but two scrippers apparently robbed at gunpoint after they came back home from the BET awards and they made $10,000. So there she is. These are the two scrippers. And, um, this one right here has been very vigilant online to try to prove her case and try to seek some sort of redemption. Uh, but let's take a look at the video here. Uh, the video's without volume, so let's take a look. And I was just talking about this, guys. When you start making it, do not live in the hood. 
when you start making it, do not live in the community because you're going to get robbed. So um, here we go right here. Here it is right there. There's the, there's scripper number one with her colorful hair. And uh, they're coming back. And uh-oh, uh-oh, Pookie. Pookie shows up and says, give me that. Yeah, bitch. Yeah, bitch. All right. And as you can see here, she's like, what's going on? We got the fat stripper right here or a thick one. And um, she has a bag right here. The, the guy says, give me, give me, give me your shit. Oh, two Pookies pull up. Mm. And she's like, oh, no. Oh, no. Don't take that bag. You can obviously see he got the purse. He got them handbags. He got the dope, the duffel bag, the tote bag. He got the uh, carry on. He going for the pockets. All right. This one right here. Oh, we got the wristwatch. All of that shit. And run them pockets. And so now take a look at this demeanor right here. All right. They're looking at each other like, what happened? Mm. Got to stay strapped. All right. Got to stay strapped. All right. And so there's this look right here. That's the look of damn. All right. That's the look of wait a minute. Let me get it. You big dummy. Indeed. That's the look of you big dummy. And they're sitting there stunned. I mean, listen, man, it only takes that much time to get robbed. And uh, that's what you have to understand. I was just talking about this yesterday. I said, you guys got to watch out when you live in the hood, right? You know, the hood is not for people who have actually started to make it. Once you started to make it, you got to get out of there. Now, people are calling this a setup. And uh, we're going to take a look at some of the comments because what they're accusing the woman in the green of is setting up the woman in the rainbow color hair, all right? And so uh, there is the Rob there. The other girls turned her back. They live in a security, a secure complex, but that doesn't stop anything. They probably have a gate coming in. Um, uh, but some reason, it's interesting as to why you would rob a woman. They ain't got no money. But somebody must have tipped them off. Somebody must have told them where the drop was, all right? All right, they had to drop on you. They, I mean, this is just not random. This can't be random. It's almost impossible for it to be random. And so they're accusing the woman in green of the being the setup girl. This is what people are online. This is just online accusing because, you know, this one's getting her pockets ruffled and they're making sure they take everything. And she seems, you know, you know, I'm I, listen, I can't tell you what is what. I'm not the hood detectives. And uh, the way they look at each other, they're stunned. Obviously, you know, I can't tell you how to react. She knows the second bag. The second bag had the loot. Okay. This one here, they look at each other. She walks off. And they're accusing the second one of setting up the first one. All right, listen, I have no idea. But I'm going to go to the comment section just so you can see that uh, hood politics is real. And, in fact, this is also proving what I, my point. I'm like, guys, you got to get out of the community. You got to get out, right? You got to get out. And the woman has been vigilant. The rainbow hair girl has been vigilant. I don't want to give you her information, but the two posts that I've seen and Twitter, she's been on every post and she's saying, everybody, please. The woman in green is likely uh, literally like my sister. We're both known in LA and make our money, mind our business. And we work hard for our ish. We don't tell ish or we don't sell ish. I guess they say she don't sell Punani or bother anyone. We got caught lacking after work and got followed home from the club we work at out here. So that's what it is. And she says, please stop looking for nothing and painting y'all's own narratives. Okay, so she's saying right here they got followed home from the club. So indeed, the BET Awards was something, something. So they saying they got followed home. They got followed home. All right, listen. We're known in L.A. They're known for selling that Punani. 
<laughs> All right. Anyway. I don't know if they got stole, stuck up for 10K each. All right. I don't know if they got stuck up for 10K each or 10K total, but I'm sure they had plans for that money and that plans are gone. Those plans are gone. So anyway, what do y'all think, man? I'm going to just show you another comment here. A couple, a couple comments are saying set up. Um, one more thing that does happen in the hood is that sometimes it's an inside job. There you go right here. Female in the green definitely set up her partner. People are accusing that. She's been vigilant to try to put that fire out. But uh, sometimes you do get followed home, and uh, that can happen as well. But sometimes you tell a pookie. You tell a pookie, and then the pookie knows. So maybe that's uh, friends of her boyfriends, friends of one of the men that might know. Friends of, by the way, this is classic train robbery. This is classic train robbery. Many times, um, you know, people will lose money in a gambling uh, gambling in the old West. That's how they used to do train robberies. They would let people, um, they would actually get in situations where they lose money. And then essentially what will happen is the criminals, I mean, the people who lost the money will get on horseback. They'll know you got on the train and they'll wait for you to get on, get on the train and they'll ride back and they'll get their money back. <laughs> and, or in the old West, they would sell you property. They would sell you or you, they would, you would sell land and they'll take the money. You'll get the money. Right, they'll sell you something, you get the money and run off, and they'll rob you of the money. So it's classic train robbery. <laughs> it's classic how they do it. He says coach plays red dead. I don't actually, I don't, but I need to. But that's how they get you. That's how they used to get you in the old west. Speaking of trains, train. All right. That's how they used to get you. That's a classic, that's a classic way to rob. Anyway, shout out to 50 Cent on how to rob. Shout out to Red Dead. But yeah, that's a classic way to rob is to make people think they got away with some money. And then they get on the train and you you follow the train. All right. You follow the train. You get on the train. You rob the train. Get your money back. Anyway, the codes of these streets are real. That was Straggling Sniggle Theater. Hey, ride with me if you ride with me. You can slide with me if you feel like 550 on the fast sticky. Come get high with me. That's a deal, right? All right. All right. All right. Let's get to the super chats. And coming up next, the strong and independent farce. We got women, you know, on social media talking. <laughs> All right talking, helping my case, and we found them. All right, shout out to everybody here. And uh, apparently, apparently I'm getting an alert somewhere. Okay, we got, uh, let's see, one, two, three, four. We got, uh, who is this? Jose says the SCOTUS just ruled against affirmative action. All right, so much for kids going to college now. Um, If you haven't been following that, there's been um, there's been cases going on for quite a long time to where uh, I think mostly Mostly white folks have been a little bit pissed that mostly Asian folks have been have been um have been granted admission into universities ahead of white folks and other folks. And it sounds like the Supreme Court SCOTUS has ruled against this affirmative action. This was something we knew were com was coming with this current Supreme Court that they were going to rule against this. And it looks like they are taking no prisoners again. And one thing we have to understand is affirmative action has not worked exactly how it should have. People have been taken advantage of it and people have been given opportunities. I have stories for and against it. I'm not in favor of it. I'm not in favor of affirmative action like that. It's not that I wouldn't take advantage of it, but yes. And I'm going to tell you why. I'm going to tell you exactly why um, these universities did that. I'm going to tell you why these universities did that. 
and uh, why they focus particularly on Asian students and some black students, particularly black women, would get a, a an advantage um, to go to these schools that they probably weren't qualified or ready to participate in primarily. And Asian student, anybody know why Asian students got a um, got a got a special privilege? Anybody know? Anybody know? I'm going to tell you why. And it's always follow the money. It's always follow the money. All right. And when you fit, when you know that he said communism, subprime students. It's always the money. It's always the money. And typically, if you look at if you look at any school. They will have a fee for in-state students. And remember, I worked on universities. He said we smarter. I worked on universities for almost 15 years. So I know this to be the, tr the case. If you look at any university, they have an in-state fee. They have an out-of-state fee. And they have an international fee. They have an international fee. The international student fee is crazy. All right? It's crazy. Right? Especially if you're in a state school. The state school, in-state school fee is low. I mean, pennies on the dollars. I mean, you're saving a ton of money, especially if you don't live on campus. You can you can pay twenty five hundred six thousand dollars a semester being an in-state student versus an out-of-state student. Then then an out-of-state student is almost if you're not a resident of the state, it's double or triple. The international fee is quadruple. All right. It's out of control. So what they do is they say, hey, these people obviously got money. They're not going to take out student loans. They're probably going to pay up front. We'll get the money. We'll get a higher rate. Blah, blah, blah. And then they'll, they'll come back and they'll donate. It's a it's a definitely a money game. It's a money game. And the California schools are um, doing something similar. So like UCLA, the California state schools, UCLA, Cal Berserkly, all right, all of these schools, UC San Diego, these are hard to get in schools. And they're even harder to get in schools for in-state students. In-state students, almost impossible that you're going to get into UCLA. And it's sad because you pay taxes, your parents pay taxes in order to benefit these schools. And then the schools don't let your kids in the school. So white folks and especially white students. So these parents, the suburban parents, they're pissed that their kids have to go out of state and then pay out of state tuition at a school that they didn't want to go to. But what UCLA is doing is what they're doing is since they're a popular destination campus and kids all over the country and the world will want to go there. They're obviously going to let in out-of-state students to get more money and international students. It's obvious. Remember, everything's about the money. Always follow the money, right? You want to people want to make it about race. It's about the money. So I always want to say, okay, what does the money say first? <laughs> right. Before you get pissed, what does the money say? And so why wouldn't the school, if I have out-of-state students and international students clamoring? To get into my school, why would I let in so many in-state students? Why would I do it? I would obviously benefit me. And a lot of these out-of-state students, high qualified, highly qualified, they come from suburban households. These kids aren't going to take out student loans. They're going to pay their their they're going to pay the highest fee. Uh, they're gonna they're gonna be chomping at the bit to come here. You know what I mean? Follow the money. He says, "What about black women?" They get a little bit of advantage at UCLA or any of these schools. But what you will find is not always, but the higher level the school, what you will find is these women will drop out. All right. Any one of these students that gets an affirmative action entry 
particularly minority women like Latino and black, they'll go to these schools for a semester or two, drop right the hell out. Okay, because they can't keep up. They can't keep up. So they'll let a few in. They can't keep up, though. And this is in general, in general, or they'll struggle. They'll take remedial classes for a year. They'll waste a bunch of time. They'll go into debt. They'll they'll let them in, but they'll make sure they take out student loan debt. And they'll have that. This is when I say they have the they have the degree. They have the degree. They no, no. They have the student loan debt, but no degree to go with it. All right. But they, you'll find out they'll find out that they can't keep pace. Trust me. I know. I know people don't want. Um, he says they are listening. I know people don't want to believe this, but I worked on university campuses for 15 years and I've worked with the mission officers, the admission office. That's how I would get my kids that I recruited in the school. All right. So I work with these guys. I've seen this shit. I've seen it live and in living color. And it's like, wow. All right, especially then with the athletes, same thing. The athletes come into these schools and they can play ball and it takes them a while to adjust to campus life and it takes them a while to keep up. They fall behind fast because college is going like this, especially a high rank college. And these high rank colleges do not care about athletics. You might think these high rank, these, um, these high rank colleges, you will find that you think these professors would be rah-rah about universities, they're not. All right, I actually have a sister who has a PhD. Shout out to Kevin. I have a sister who has a PhD. She taught at a high-level college. She's, she taught at, I will rat her out. I'm going to rat her out. She taught at Penn State. They hate athletes, right? There's professors that hate athletes. So much so that my sister used to tell me on football games on Saturdays, she would try to go to her office <laughs> she taught at several high ranking schools she would try to go to her office and she would be mad because all of the traffic at the football games now hold up for a second first of all i had to say sis it's penn state <laughs> like what bruh and she was like these athletes i was like it's penn state like that's football there's nothing in Penn State. There's a penitentiary, and then there's a university, and nothing else. <laughs> there's nothing else for mileages, like for 150 miles. There's the state pen, and then there's Penn State. Like the university revolves around the football team. Like you get paid because of the football team. Like what the? F I was literally like blown. But of course, I worked at universities. Trust me. You think the professors love the athletes? I'm going to tell you, it's probably 51% the, the professors hate the athletes. They hate them. I don't care what school you're at. I don't care if you're at UCLA or uh, Stony Brook or Alabama. They don't give a shit about the athletes. They don't care. And they're going to make it harder for them. So when these kids come in to school and they're remedial and they need a little extra help in study hall, and then they come in and they can dunk and run a football past the goal line, and you think the professors are going to help? No. They're going to want to fail these goddamn athletes. You know what I mean? It's crazy because we would go on road trips. And most professors will say, you can't miss most than, more than three classes or they're going to fail you. Now, you obviously know an athlete is going to miss more than three classes. They're going to miss probably 12 to 20 classes because they're traveling. They're traveling. And we leave in days before the game. We'll live a day and a half before the game.
So we would have to go to these professors and say, hey, listen, this is an athlete. Everybody knows we got to travel. And they're going to be like, we don't give a, hey, they missed class. They missed the test. We ain't rescheduling. And we would have to send a liaison from the athletic department to go talk to the professors. Dude, people, it's unbelievable. It is unreal. And these kids are already behind in the class. They're already behind in the class when they travel. So the professor's like, let them fail. So, yep. So it's crazy, crazy, crazy. So this also happens to minority students that barely qualified with affirmative action. They get in and they fall behind. And then the professors are like, I don't give a damn. Okay. It's it's a wild thing and there's more to it. I can actually, he said they don't want to talk about it, coach. Y'all, man, I got inside information on it, and I could tell y'all what the God honest truth is. And uh, it ain't what you think. It ain't what you think. Yeah, sometimes they're jealous of the athletes. Yes. Shout out to Jamal says, saying what you said about single mothers, if you do if your your if your divorced mother wants to get remarried, should you encourage it? Even if the guy has less, that's going to be a no. Nope. She, they're going to be divorced. They're going to get divorced. So you got that on your hand. No. Highly likely, like old people who get married, like they're 60, 65, they're not going to stay long. Especially if they've been not coupled for a long time, right? If they haven't been married for 20 years, they're going to get divorced. All right. Caitlin says, what's up, coach? He says, what you say uh, that a man who has opportunities to cheat but decline them all is actually doing a woman a favor by not making her look like a 304. Pursuing a married man would be slutty behavior on her end. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, I don't know what to say about that. I don't know what to say. I don't know what to say about that. That's just sort of rudimentary. I don't think he really cares about that. I don't, that's like trying to save him. I don't know. D.O.R. says, Coach Love from Euro, you truly are the patron saint of lost causes. Please play the barbecue sound and look up Davido, which is a Nigerian artist. He's been wilding. He's been wilding with drag niches. He says, all the money and no class, free agent lifestyle for life. Okay. It's barbecue in there. Nigerian Arvis Devedo. Is it Devedo? 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 Who is it? I can't read. We got Jermaine in the building. He says, shout out to the coach gang. CGA is second to none. We hitting you with that real, real truth. And it's all Jermaine's fault. It's always Jermaine's fault. Somebody said our basketball team has tutors. Yeah. I mean, all university teams had a tutor. Like, we had our own separate academic, um, athletic academic department, which we had a big study hall. We had tutors. And athletes still can't keep up, right? There's always an academic scandal where some athletes get caught, uh, some of the tutors actually typing the papers. So even when you have tutors, it's helpful. Uh, sometimes you got to depend on the tutor being available and the athlete making themselves available to the tutor. You got to realize athletes don't have a lot of extra time. So yeah, we travel with tutors. Uh, there would always be a thick, a thick white woman Traveling with us, plain Jane, all right? Oh, that's the tutor for the athletes. And I'll be like, okay. Anyway. But yeah, but then athletes got to put it, they got to take it upon themselves to do their follow-up work and get with the tutors. What you'll find is um, even with tutors, the athlete still is going to fall behind and then they'll notify you. They'll notify you when it's too late. 
they'll be like, hey, I'm in an emergency. I'm about to fail this class. And they're about to be ineligible. And you're like, oh, shit. Okay. Let me see Super Chat and then move on. Martin says, he says, where are you going out? Where are you? Who are you going out with? Not you. What time are you coming back home when I feel like it? He says, we'll be, will there be women there? I hope so. Shout out to you. He's holding frame. Okay. I'm not a whistleblower in NCA. Everybody knows what it is. Everybody knows what it is. The Workday Show says last week, I dug out a very nice Gen Z native girl. I really showed off, putting my back into it today. She texts me, where do I see this going? All right, give me the Reverend X. My reading is not fun. My reading is fundamental today. I don't give a fuck what you think, bitch. Cut that bitch off. Next caller. All right. All right. So you says uh, she texts you. Where do you see this going? All right. So, yeah, she wants some more. One of the things you got to watch out for is uh, young women do have a lot of sex, but they don't have a lot of good sex. All right. Not until they mess with a man who actually has good sex. Ladies, tell them. Tell them. Tell them. Because we talk about uh, the amount of sex that young women have, but they're not having good sex. They're not having good sex. So a lot of times, you know, they... They are dissatisfied about. Actually, let me let me play this clip. This clip actually sums that up. Here it is, right here. Where it is. I want to hook up with as many men as possible. Hell yeah. Which, um, here's the thing. I wouldn't do that in college because one, I got chlamydia, and two, the frat guys don't try to make you come. I didn't have my first orgasm until after my freshman year of college, and that was after I had a decent sized body count for being a freshman. That's a tough freshman year. Chlamydia huh? and, and the frat guys don't make you come. That's a tough one. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I mean, women that are 23 and younger, they're not having no good sex. I mean, they're having it. Most of it is kind of drunk sex or high off coca sex or hookup sex or come over and sneaky link sex, uh, sex with a mama in the next bedroom, sex with a roommates in the next bedroom. You know, especially, yeah, they ain't having no good sex. And so eventually what will happen is she'll find someone with their own place their own apartment, their own townhouse, their own house. And they can be as free as they want. Yeah, they having quickies. And then they can go rounds and back to back. And, you know, when you got roommates and your mama and you got to be home by 12, 12 a.m. And you got to be home before somebody realizes you gone. You in the backseat of your Jeep, another episode. Like they can't really get loosened up. You can't get loosened up. But then when they find somebody with their own crib, you could just walk around the house. You could be in the kitchen, on the kitchen table, in the shower, in the jacuzzi, in the bedroom, in the in the in the. Free. It's a wrap when a younger woman finds that, and you going in knee deep. You going knee deep. It's it's a wrap. It's a whole different experience. So then they start going. I like that freedom. <laughs> yeah, they doing it in the bushes on the porch, right? They think they're doing something. They ain't doing nothing. Then they get somewhere where they can get a little bit of freedom and space. They can yell and scream as loud as they want. You ain't got to put your hand over her mouth. and she, You don't have to bust it up. You can scream, yell. It's a whole different ball game. Once they get that and they can scream and be yell and laugh, they can do, it's going to be a whole different world for her. And so when they get about 23, 24, they start messing with a guy who got their own spot, an older dude, somebody that's, it's a different ball game. She's going to be like, wow. This ain't never happened. <laughs> this ain't never happened. Yep. So anyway, 
This is why I tell y'all, y'all ninjas, y'all, y'all ninjas that live with y'all mama, got roommates. They're trying to, uh, they're just trying to sleep at their homeboy's house. Hey man, let me use your bed. I'm about to dig this girl out. Man, you ain't about to screw on my bed. Come on, man. Let me use your bed. These type of ninjas, motel ninjas. All right, y'all ain't having nothing. Y'all ain't doing nothing out here. You're doing nothing. You ain't doing nothing out here. Tell them, tell them. Joe H says no affirmative action at the JUCO because rent is due. Your rent's due, motherfucker. Hashtag the nasty boys. Hashtag free agent lifestyle for life. Indeed. Shout out the sucker for love ninja says, hey, coach, my B-Day is in a couple of weeks and I'm looking into getting an ATV or a doom buggy tour. Do you have any recommendations for tours in L.A. and O.C.? Um, they're not too much in L.A. and O.C. All right. They're probably out there. I don't have any recommendations for that there. All right, but there's a lot of trails. I don't. Ninja Snuggle says, I got my motorcycle yesterday, coach. A CF Moto CLX 700. That's going to have enough power for you at least for a year or two. Congratulations and be safe out there. All gear at all times. All gear at all times. I know people want to look cool um, and go gearless. But I'm going to tell you, man, best case scenario, be safe. Better safe than sorry. You don't want your arm and your skin looking like ground beef. All right, so um, I know it's going to be cool to ride in your tank top, to ride in shoes that, you know, ride in some Nike Jordans and and all that shit and just have your helmet on, okay? <laughs> but um, but um, wear all your gear. Wear all your gear. Um, you can lay your bike down very slowly with um, and you can get injured very fast. Ankles can get taken out. So wear, wear proper shoes. You don't want that bike. These bikes are heavy, man. Yeah, ninjas be riding in, in flip flops. I'm like, man, that bike will fall. That bike fall on your leg, ninja. You gonna have a effed up leg. Mm. Actually, had my bike uh, tilted a couple times when I first learning. I was stall uh, by not keep creating friction as I'm uh, throttling, and the bike will fall. You know, uh, clutch. And when I first started riding, and I had to fall over on my bike a couple times on my leg. Oh my lord, that bike fall on your leg crazy pain and that was a bike falling on my leg and i wasn't even going nowhere right i wasn't even driving i wasn't even going fast so wear the proper shoes wear the proper shoes wear all your gear get your teflon pants with your pads in it get your leathers get your jackets zip them up get your chest shields all right get your shoulder pad. i know people are gonna be like come on man come on man okay they're gonna be like come on man that's some weak shit you ain't a real man, man, bruh. Wear all your gear. Wear your helmet. Protect your noggin. Protect your coconut. Okay, so even when it's hot outside, protect your coconut. Get your spine protector. Wear all your gear. All your gear. No shorts. Wear pants. Okay, anyway. And by the way, 100% of bikers will lay their bike down. Okay, 100% of bikers, all bikers, are going to get in some sort of accident. It's actually proven. It's actually proven. All bikers. That means you're going to get in one. All right. Um, I actually knew a woman. I actually knew a woman that got into a crash. It's normally a left-hand turn. She was driving her. I think she had a Harley. Driving her Harley. Left-hand turn, which is the most common accident on bikers. So, which means somebody taking a left-hand turn going into another intersection, right? The most common bike accident is the left-hand turn. And you're going towards them so they're they don't see you 
They're not looking for a bike. Drivers are not looking for bikes. They're looking for cars and pedestrians. Bikes seem to be even, uh, bikes seems to be stuff that they miss. And you tend to move fast and you're going to go and you're going to T-bone them. You're going to T-bone them. I knew a woman that T-boned a left-hand turner. All right. And she crushed her pelvis. Whole pelvis crushed this woman. She was about 28 or 29. She was a fitness trainer. So obviously she couldn't work anymore. Okay. She couldn't work for a long time. She had to sit out. She was in the hospital. I don't think she had medical insurance. Her parents had to take her parents had to come take care of her. All right. Because you're going to crush your pelvis on the um the fuel, the fuel uh part, right? Because you're sitting on the bike. When you hit the when you hit whatever you're hitting, you're gonna go into the fuel, uh, wherever the fuel I can't call it right there. She crushed her pelvis, no longer can have kids. No more kids. Like she can't have kids now. All right, 28. The fuel tank. Yes, you're gonna crash. Your pelvis is gonna go directly into the fuel tank on those collisions. No more kids, crushed pelvis. Her dad had to come. Her mom and dad had to take off work to come take care of her. She was bedridden. No sex has got to be a whole another game. I didn't ask her about the sex, but I'm sure she could not have good sex for a long time. All right. So, yeah, man, it's it's not it's a serious game. So bikers really be careful out there. 100 percent of bikers will get into accidents, whether a minor one or a major one. And the problem is you're there's nothing protecting you around. So you got to make sure you're very defensive, know how you ride, be responsible. Don't don't race. I know it's going to be contagious. You're going to want to race. I've been I've raced before. <laughs> OK, I've raced before, but don't wild out. All right. A pothole, a sewer, a squirrel, a rock can change your life and a bad driver or a distracted driver. All of those things can change your life in an instant. All right. So be careful out there, but enjoy yourselves. Enjoy yourselves. Anyway, let me get back to the show here now that we're getting, but I, I'm here to teach you guys, but I want dudes to be able to ride. When I don't want oil, oil in the middle of the lane could take you out. All right, anyway. All right, so anyway, where are we at here? Strong and independent farce. We got a Kaylee out here. These women don't want to work, do they? Why do I have to work? I am sexy. I am sexy. All right, Um. it says right here, it says right here they don't uh this woman is saying why does she have to work okay 15 minutes after i clock into work and uh this could be we're, we're assuming this is a skit but it's okay we'll still learn from it we learn from skits guys all right we learn from skits let's get into it whoever fought for women to get jobs why why didn't we do that? I am so tired. I want to just put my feet up. Like, I am. Oh, my God. All right. Um. Why do I have to work? I am sexy. I am sexy. Uh, what you're finding is, and I've actually warned you of this. I said Gen Z women are not the feminists. Gen X and boomers and the women who preceded them to be. So you're now finding a lot of groups of women going, who was the one that pushed us to work equality, right? So Gen Z women, as they're entering into the workforce, you're hearing a lot of this, them going, now, wait a minute, tell me where, tell me where we messed up. Why are we working? 
there's an opportunity for us to not be working. This is why you see Gen Z women fast selling Punani. In these streets. And you see Gen Z women going, I'll go on OnlyFans. All right. They'll, they'll do it more and faster than anyone else because they don't understand why women push so hard to work. <laughs> right. So, right. And so you're dealing with this colliding world of feminism. Now, there still is feminism with Gen Z. They're more apt to be marching to kill their baby, trans issues, pride. They're, they're still there. They're still causing uh, a disruption in the force. So they want to have abortion to be able to terminate their baby as they recklessly go through life spreading their legs. So they're still going to be here. Right? It's not like they'll leave. They still want it. But what they don't want is this idea of working your way to the top doing corporate work. You know what I mean? Like they they're they're quiet quitting that hustle culture. They want no parts of it. All right. And uh, it's a it's a weird world we're living in. And it doesn't matter. They'll they're more apt to say, I'll get married and be a trophy wife. I'll forget this feminism working stuff. Let me see here. I think we do have another woman that's going to talk about that. Nope. Nope, we have this woman right here. We have an old, old woman with a whole bowl of copium. Okay, so this older woman in her 50s, another 50-year-old woman, is going to talk about the power dynamic between older men and younger women and why older men, this is what people don't get. They, they, she's going to talk about why older men date younger women. Now, this is just copium. I date younger women because... They look better. I mean, it ain't that, right? They look better than older women. There's going to be one simp. No, actually, I like 40-year-old saggy, soggy skin and tiger stretch marks, all right, and, and satellite on the booty and then and, and, and inter-skin inter, inter fat all globulated. Like, there's going to be that one guy. They look better. They smaller. They thinner. They they foldable. They don't complain too much when when I push their hamstrings and stretch their hamstrings. All right. They don't got bunions and corns. Um, their skin is more supple, <laughs> right? They don't look like sloppy yogurt. I mean, there's a whole bunch of reasons why. Don't overcomplicate this shit. But what she's gonna talk about is these men are predatory because the power dynamic, and there is a power dynamic, but only women care about this power dynamic. I'll break it down, but let her talk. Oh, wait a minute. Let's let her talk right here. Uh, I didn't miss half of it. Take a look at her. She looks like she had a hard night's sleep. All right, here we go. Opinion, I'm going to tell you, and my opinion is hard no. Like, hard fucking no. So the question is, what's your opinion on the age gap relationship? I'm 26 and he's 50. So she says hard no. Now, why would she say hard no? Why would she say hard no? The reason why she's saying hard no is because she did it. And I want men my age and younger men to understand this. She did it. She got her back blown out. She got her insides pushed to her esophagus. She got used and discarded, thrown away. And she tried to make it work. And guess what? She didn't make it work. The second reason why, that's competition for her. So 50-year-old men going to 26-year-old women means less men for her. That's number two. Number three, she jealous. All right, but it is what it is. She bitter and jealous. So she's all sitting there like she got a whole histrionics worth of shit that she's putting into one post in response. All right, but let's get to it. Any man who's in his 50s and is going for someone 20, 
five basically years younger than him is looking for someone that he can mold into the companion that he wants. Mm, okay. <laughs> she said he's looking to mold her into the companion he wants. What? And what would be wrong with that? So what you want is for that 50 year old man to date you and says, you want to, you don't want a woman that can challenge you. So she wants him constantly be under pressure of her expectations, not have something that he actually wants. You want him to be miserable with you and not getting what he wants out here. What? Okay, next. What else does she got to say here? Reverend X is going to show up on her. He is not a mature person. He is not someone you want to be with. The How do you know this? Nice term for this is Manthers. The real name for this is Predator. Predators, okay. This is Leo DiCaprio. This is Jeff Goldblum. This is fill in the blank with every single male celebrity who will not be with women their own age because the women their age don't want anything to do with them. Fat, false. That's false. The women their age don't want nothing to do with them. False. This is like the black women that's mad at passport bros. Why are you so mad? Why don't you, you know what I mean? Let them go. If there's, if there's so much of a predator, why are you worried about them? Because there's something off about them. When you're 26, you can't see all that yet. Like, no matter how mature you are, you can't see all that yet. It's this is true. This is the only truthful thing she said. So I'll buy that for a dollar. It's just something that develops over time. And I'm just telling you. Well, you don't have time. You don't. Like, steer clear. Your 45-year-old self will look back on this and be like, man, I'm so glad she didn't do that. Remember what I said. So um, she actually validated a point that I said. I said women at 25 are different than women at 45. So she just brought that up. Next. Also, the reverse is completely different. When older women are looking for younger men, it's usually because we're looking for someone who won't dominate us. Nope. Mm. Oh, so it's different. It's different when you do it. What a shock. I didn't see that coming. I didn't see that coming. See, now when you do it, it's different. <laughs> they be out here. <laughs> oh, my Lord. Oh, it's okay when we do it. All right. Why? Please tell me why. Who's less patriarchal and more warm hearted. So we're looking to decrease the power dynamic. When men are looking for younger women, it's usually to increase the power dynamic. So when people say women date younger men, it's the same thing. It's not the same thing. That's a false equivalency. Nip that in the bud. It's not the same. Okay, since you're... Oh, man. Hey, man. Hey, here's the thing, man. Here's the thing. And Reverend X got something to say to her real quick. Let's get Reverend X on the job. Wake up, Reverend X. I don't give a fuck what you think, bitch. Cut that bitch off. Next caller. And I'm telling you, man, they're going to say anything. And the guys, I want you to understand if you were a younger man, if you're a younger man, uh, what you think is, you know, because you've been trained by many videos that said women are going to hit the wall. They're going to realize their delusion. They're going to they're going to switch up and then they're going to fall. They're going to come running back and say, we made a mistake. Take me. I'm here to tell you that that is not true. That is not true. Many of them hit the wall, the physical wall, the financial wall, the glass ceiling, the, the biological wall, 
All right, the looks walk. They, they'll hit it, and they'll still be delusional all the way up until they're 50, 60, 70, and 80. Okay, they're, they're not going to shift. Now, they might realize that they effed up, but they're not going to be accountable and be like, okay, ladies, we jacked up. What they'll do is sabotage the younger women, and this is a classic case. So my question is to her, what does the younger woman do? See, what you just did, what you just did was you told the younger woman not to go for a secure option because there's a power dynamic. And then you also told the younger woman that you're going to go to her younger men because the dynamic is better. What is he, what are they supposed to do? You took away the older men and the younger men. So this is a competition issue. What are the younger men supposed to do? I'm sorry. What are the younger women are supposed to do? You gave them no option. I give, I say, hey, listen, I'm with your future wives, but I give you an option. <laughs> okay. She literally took it away from both ends because of her power dynamic. She didn't have it before. Now she has it. This is actually crazy. This is actually crazy. This is a leftover woman and she's actually disgraceful. All right. Listen, ladies and gentlemen, CGA's seven qualify, seven levels of make qualifications. Always remember them, take notes, and always attribute it back to CGA, even if there's a variation of this. Seven levels of mate qualification. She does not qualify. Number two, she's a service provider. Number three, she's practice at best. Number four, she's a concubine or in your harem. Number five, she's a regular. Number six, she's a pretender. Seven, she's a contender. Not all of them qualify for the same thing. Getting back. To the next video the next video is dating women be like another thing that i brought up recently but we've been talking about this for years this is a woman that's going to actually admit how crazy it is when women have certain expectations um this is probably another bi or trisexual woman that has dealt with women and she's going to make fun in this skit of how women sound when they're putting their expectations out of men. Let her rip. Uh, ladies, we are so funny. We're like, it's not hard to date us. I just need you to be obsessed with me, but you not like too obsessed with me. You definitely need to call and text me every day, but you're one text away from being a literal stalker. I need you to make plans to hang out with me, but not too many plans. Like, do you have a life of your own? Ew. I need you to be financially independent and know how to make money, but not like too obsessed with money. You know what I mean? I want you to have such a good relationship with your mom, but like definitely why are you on the phone with her so much? It's a red flag if you talk about your ex-girlfriend, but like don't talk about her too much. Like, are you obsessed with her? I definitely want cute gifts every now and then, but you can't buy my love. Like, come on. I need you to be like a raging feminist, but also like super manly and masculine at the same point in time. Like hang my TV up on the wall, but also know that I can do it myself, you know? I need you to make me laugh and not take life too seriously, but you also take life seriously. You know what I mean? I just, like, don't get why I'm single. Uh, ladies, we are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Listen, we've all experienced this. We've all experienced this. This is what makes them difficult. And some of them are admitting it. All right. And, it's, yes, it is annoying to deal with women like this on dating apps. Again, it's kind of like, I need a man who loves his mother. Oh, but you're a mother's boy. I mean, it's kind of like, where's the line? Where's the line of delineation? Delineation, if you will. All right, how do you, I determine if I, I really love my mother? Okay, you love your mother too much. You're a little too obsessed with her. It gets weird. All right, money ain't everything, but you can't be broke. I mean, you hear all these things. You're working too hard. You're obsessed. You're never here. Oh, we can't pay the bills. Uh, you, you're, you're, you need to work harder. You need to ask for a promotion. 
These are all the crazy things that men have to deal with. It's very weird, but this is essentially how they work. And I'll run it back because sometimes, uh, you know, if you don't text them back, well, you don't text me enough. You text them too much. You're stalking me. Give me some space. Yeah, you can't satisfy the insatiable. You cannot. They can, they're insatiable creatures. And uh, it's difficult to deal with them. And they are the ones that are the difficult ones. We're the easy ones. We're easy. Many of us, uh, a full stomach, an empty ball sack, and some quiet and companionship, we're simple. Men do lie to women, and I don't like that. That's what makes the game a little bit more complicated. But fill my belly, empty my ball sack, you're probably going to be hitting about 70 to 80%. You're, you're going to be good. Now, also, also, if you quiet, you know what I mean? I don't need no deep, dark, masculine voice. I don't need no rah-rah and beating your chest. You're about a 99, 98%, 98%. And now, if you fit in feminine, all right, that's that's going to send it over the top. And also be young. All right, anyway, let's get to the next. Oh, we're going to play her again here. Here we go. So funny. We're like, it's not hard to date us. I just need you to be obsessed with me, but you not like too obsessed with me. You definitely need to call and text me every day, but you're one text away from being a literal stalker. I need you to make plans to hang out with me, but not too many plans. Like, do you have a life of your own? Ew. I need you to be financially independent and know how to make money, but not like too obsessed with money. You know what I mean? I want you to have such a good relationship with your mom, but like definitely why are you on the phone with her so much? It's a red flag if you talked about your ex-girlfriend, but like don't talk about her too much. Like, are you obsessed with her? I definitely want cute gifts every now and then, but you can't buy my love. Like, come on. I need you to be like a raging feminist, but also like super manly and masculine at the same point in time. Like hang my TV up on the wall, but also know that I can do it myself. You know, I need you to make me laugh and not take life too seriously, but you also take life seriously. You know what I mean? I just like don't get why I'm single. Yeah. Yeah. That's our world. You know, if you're a single man, you have to deal with that, especially if you're a guy, you're a hope strategist. All right. I feel bad for the hope strategists out there. I feel bad for y'all because y'all have it bad. Y'all have it bad. Y'all really trying to make it work in a very, very difficult marketplace. Like you're getting and you're getting all kind of advice from men. Um, and most of these men aren't living the life that they're trying to give you. Right. Which is, is something I warn you about. Is the man living the life you, you, you that they're they're preaching about? No. You know, they'll be saying run gangs, spin plates and they'll be married. <laughs> right. They'll be saying do this and do that and do this and do that and go out and do all of this and they'll be out there tricking. They be out there, you know, they're porn stars or they'll be tricking. Right? They tell you to go out there and approach 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 and there'll be tricks. And you're like, "Wow." Then you have ninjas telling you to go to the junior college, but you ain't done no monk mode and, you know, uh they ain't done no monk mode at all. Right? They ain't done no monk mode. They haven't cleansed themselves. They haven't they haven't truly become a free agent. They just trying to skip steps. Oh, I'm going to just go ahead and not get married and I'm going to go be out here at the junior college, but you ain't went through no monk mode period. Then there's ninjas telling you they pimps and had, and or currently have women on the track and they ain't got zero hoes. They got none. They'd be like, ah, I'll be out here pimping. And I'm like, okay. And then I'm like, how many hoes you got? Where your roster at? Okay. Oh man. Like, come on, man. Stop. Like, how you doing that? Like, come on. We, we not going to say we, we not going to say we, any of those things. They're selling y'all a dream. Okay, selling y'all dream. But monk mode is not a st step to skip. You got to go through a cleansing period. 
And I'm here only the realist. I'm the real. And I'm not, I don't hate those guys. But hey, do what y'all got to do. But listen. <laughs> right. It's 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 a weird thing. It's a weird thing. But look. Shout out to Swag Daddy says the strongest Marvel character when you look it up used to be the one above all who was basically supposed to be God. And now when you look it up, it's a little freaky little girl. Freaking terrible, man. Yes, a little girl, Captain Marvel. You can be something. Actually, man, I, I could go in on that Captain Marvel shit. Uh, but the funny thing is about those stories is that, you know, the, the case is made is that you're looking at an unbelievable character as well, and you're trying to emulate that character. But what you're saying is it's normally a God character that you're trying to emulate, like a Thor. He's a, he's a part of the God aura or in the descendant from it where captain you know like but captain marvel's always been there i don't want to get into the comic book situation but that's not explained to women even wonder woman is a sort of a god right i don't know shout out to macaroni tony if parents are smart they have a 50 uh 529 set up if you know you know parents they ain't got no 529 set up Otherwise, there's still programs out there to help gift the students that aren't a blue chip family. And he says such as programs like 21st century scholars. All right. Um, so that requires people to do some homework to pursue these loans and grants, if you will. And most people are lazy. Dr. Thunder says now instead of tutors, chat GPT writes a 2000 word essay. And this is a person who works on university campuses. By the way, I think books are going to be the thing of the past. You might have heard it here first because people are writing books with ChatGPT. The easier it is to get into something, you're going to see the, you're going to see the, um, let me see if I can put this right. The easier it is to get into something, you're going to see the, like if you're not going to be impressed with it when someone does it. Okay. So, Everybody knows anybody can write a book now. You don't even have to even write the book. You can just do the whole damn book and uh, very much, very much have a book presented and it devalues. There you go. It devalues the creativity and the art of it. And it's basically going to saturate the marketplace. Everybody's just going to throw books out like crazy, right? Books are going to be produced and produced and produced like crazy. So it devalues the importance of said book. And this is what's happening on a um, college campuses, this professor is telling us right now, is that these kids are writing essays, 2,000 words, pretty much with ChatGBT. All right. And so um, I've written three books, probably going to have this fourth book written, but I'm a little concerned about writing it because I know authors are using ChatGPT to write the majority of their book. And I think that's, I, I can't, I, I hate that. I hate it. And People aren't got, they're not going to buy books knowing that AI are writing books, right? It's kind of like, it's going to just be, it's just going to just oversaturate it. Anybody and everybody's going to be an author. It's going to be nothing to say that you wrote a book. So I'm a little concerned about that. But what you're going to find out is then it's going to discourage real writers from writing, or you can't separate, you can't separate real from fake, right? Because somebody's going to say, I'm a real author. And the real author is going to be like, no, these people aren't real. You can't separate real from fake, so it's going to devalue it. What you're going to find is that you're going to see that there's going to be a new a new way to get people to buy things like courses, 
those things are going to be probably more valuable than books because you'll know you'll at least know and hear from the person as opposed to seeing it in the book. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see if that comes true, but I have a feeling that that's going to be it. I have a feeling. Shout out to Lau Pockets. He says, I'm funnier than average, hotter than average. I'm 31. And he says, and look young. So yeah, I deserve an insanely hot and rich guy. There actually was deep fake. There's going to be deep fake videos. It's going to get bad. You're not going to know what's real from fake. You're not at all, at all. And he says, when I, okay, you're just, <laughs> thank you for the chats. You're just quoting um, videos. I appreciate the chats though. We got, um, let me see if I got somebody on cash app and then I'll go to super chat. Okay. David K says Asians tend to have higher uh, score higher to get into college than any other race. My family is told to check white. I, are, are you Asian? Okay. Wait a minute. My family is told to check white on the application. Interesting. Interesting. All right. Um, I'm not sure if you're Asian or not, but um, then they chose you to not check Asian. All right. But yeah, they tend to score higher on interest exams. Asians, um, you know, um, you know, I only give you the truth. Asians tend to, and this include Indian, East Asians and whatnot. They tend to be very, very good in how their, their education system teaches them how to handle problems a lot easier than we're taught in America. Uh, in America, we're constantly trying to evolve education, and we got a lot of progressive people teaching us, constantly changing, the go moving the goalposts and changing how kids learn. So there's no one steady way of learning. But the Asian system has, I've learned this going to just watching people do math. Asian people do math way different. Like if they are culturally Asian, not just Asian as a ethnicity, if they're culturally Asian, they do math and division way different. Easier. It's super easier. Super easier. All right, it's not even close. And thus, they start this, and it's easy for the kid to get, and they repeat it, and they tend to. So when people say they're smarter, I beg to differ. I think they have different habits. The way they learn is easier. Uh, they repeat it. They don't get distracted. They start their kids earlier. They do them over and over again so that the process, the process moves to the other process like an assembly line. Where in America, we'll go from, we'll go to core, what is it, core math? Core math. All right. Uh, remember when they went to core math and core reading and all of this shit? They'll change it up. All right. And so we learn long division in a certain way. They learn the long division in a different way. Ask, ask I, I know people say they're smarter. Common core, common core. And I say, I just think they do it and they never changed it. They actually keep it the same. From generation to generation, they have the, the kids start younger, not in the fifth grade, and then the, the parent says, I'm concerned about my kid. They start way early, <laughs> right? They start in kindergarten, and then they repeat, 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 repeat all through the years. Now, when they show up, when they show up and do the SAT, they're, they're already on it. And they started this in kindergarten, Y'all then just start to try to learn shit in the seventh and eighth grade, if that, maybe ninth and tenth grade, and then you're still trying. Then you're like, okay, I need to get serious about the SAT. Mm. I boil most everything down to 
Start early. Discipline. Uh, parenting, meaning that you don't let your kids get too distracted. Okay, Parenting, instilling the discipline. Regimen, repeat, blah. That's what I boil it down. Any, any person can do this of any race. And then your culture is going to actually have an, um, your culture is also going to influence that. So if your culture influences debauchery, you know, getting distracted, trying to be cool way too early, telling you you lame for studying. How many Asian kids get told they're lame? How many Asian kids told, well, they probably get told that they're trying to be white because their name is Bruce and Jenny. But how many Asian kids are told that, uh, you know, you a sellout for using your American name? I'm sure it happens. But the culture is then going to attribute to that. So if you are a bookworm in a culture that does not uplift bookworm, it's going to be no bookworms. <laughs> You're going to stop studying. You're going to look dumb. You're going to ask dumb questions. I don't care about all that. Ninja, I don't care about all that. And then it's too late. Then by 11th grade, 12th grade, now you're going to start to care. Maybe sophomore year in college, you're going to start to care. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm saying that I've seen this. I've seen it in Live and in Living Color. I've seen it. And the, even the simplest regimen math program will have far outranging results on an SAT than trying to learn it all before the SAT. So if you started at kindergarten doing squares and pie charts, and then by fourth grade, you're doing long division like this in your sleep versus, oh, I need to study for the SAT. What do I need to know? And you cram it all in? There's no way. And you will find that Asian and East Asian, Asian, Middle Eastern people will tend to do that with their children. They'll tend to do that with their children and it'll start early and they'll make sure that they do this regimen. And, and with math, with math, you have to do math every day. If you're in a math class, you can't take math off. You can't take math off, meaning that you can't be like, okay, I won't do math for a couple of months. I won't do math until school starts. I won't do math homework for a week. You're going to get ran over. You're going to be behind. You need to regimen math every day. Work on five water problems. This is why Kumon is popular with Asians and Indian, East Asian people. White people and black people will snicker at Kumon. Ah, oh, that bullshit. It's not because they're just regimenting you. They're just regimenting you. They just say, do this worksheet. Do this worksheet. Do this worksheet. They're just putting you on a regimen where you're never going to take a day off and you know that regimen. All right? That's all it is. It's, they're not teaching you anything. They're just making sure you're doing the regimen. Yeah, Nigerians. So that's what separates people from it. And that's why then the higher scores you start seeing by eighth grade, fifth grade, eighth grade, 12th grade. Oh, look at them. Look at Chung. <laughs> right. He's smarter than us. And I say, no, I disagree with it to a majority. I think if everybody had, I'm a environment person. I'm not a heredity person. I think environment dictates behaviors. It dictates learning. It dictates your results. Okay. I'm not a big heredity. Well, these people are better. I think people are better at different things. Certainly. But I think environment has more to do with you than heredity.
than who you are as a people. I could take a person from here. I could take an Asian and plunk them in the ninja culture, and that person would be a complete ninja. Quick. <laughs> Quick. He'll be dumb, ignorant, saying the N-word. I don't care. He'll act just like that. And I could take him at an early age. I could take Asian just like that, and he'll plunk him in the ninja culture. He'll turn into a ninja. I don't care what color, white, black. I believe her. I believe environment over heredity. So I don't believe in, well, these people are smarter than these people. Yeah, in certain things, yeah. But I think culture and environment will is the is the answer. <laughs> heredity versus environment. I learned it in school before trading places, but yes, it's an argument among scientists. It's her uh, sorry, uh, sociologists and psychologists. Is heredity more important or environment? Think about that when you're produce when you produce kids, when you have kids. Is heredity more important or environment? Is your genetics more important or your culture? Is your culture more important? Anyway, where are we at? I'm going off here, but I'm here to edutain you. So I'm giving y'all stuff to think about. All right, Kevin Costner's ex-wife finally agrees to leave the house. If you haven't been following the story, Kevin Costner's ex-wife, who has a prenuptial agreement, and the prenuptial agreement is very explicit on what it is, okay? And it says right here, uh, Christine says she'll move out, but there's strings attached. Of course, they're not going to take an L, okay? <laughs> and it says right here, uh, Kevin Costner's exchange wife says she will pack up and move out of the house under one condition. He got to pony up more dough. All right, it's always about the money when you're talking about these people here. I'm rich, bitch. Says right here, according to new legal docs obtained by Radar Online, Mrs. Baumgartner, they always switch back and forth for what her name, says she will move out of the beachfront house in Carpinteria on August 31st as long as Kevin provides financial support as determined by the court. Of course he would. She claims Kevin wants her to find a new place to live in ASAP without a financial plan in place. And with three kids, she says it is not in their best interest, of course, for her to move into a new place until she knows how much money she's going to get from Kevin. So she wants the money on paper. Remember, Kevin says Christine was so has so far refused to move out of the home. He insists he owns. He pretty much owns it. And she says that their prenuptial agreement makes it clear that Christine has 30 days to vacate the home when she filed for divorce on May 1st. A deadline she's already missed. Oh, aren't they in love? What about love, coach? Mm. What about love? All right, so here he is right here. Uh, moving down, Kevin, um, as we've reported, already has shelled out $1 million for Christine to find a new place to live. And he's asking the court to give her uh, get her out of the house, claiming that she's using her position as leverage to make him agree to her financial demands. Now, let me just tell you something here. As a person that has experienced st stuff like this, what women will do is they'll extort you through legal means. And what they'll do is they'll keep leverage and then they'll use that leverage to get you to pay up. All right. This should throw people in jail. This should be this should be illegal. But when you're dealing with the family court, nothing is illegal. This is why it's a fraudulent court at best, because what they will do is deal with illegal acts and they will never punish somebody illegally. They will never punish somebody by throwing them to jail. For instance, 
domestic violence. The family court deals with domestic violence. And this is abuse that someone normally has to go to anger management, right? Anger management, a couple of classes, they'll pay restitution. They'll do no, 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 no. Um, this is a violent act. These people should go to jail. But the family court doesn't deal with jail. They deal with, okay, how can we best deal with the situation? Uh, same thing as kidnapping. The family court deals with kidnapping. One parent will kidnap the other. This is a crime, but the family court will try to deal with it and try to work through it. It's a crime. But the family court won't make it criminal. They'll try to work. And what the mom will do typically is they'll kidnap the kid, hold the kid to extort the father out of money via child support. So they'll teach, they'll, they won't follow or honor the parenting plan. They'll keep the kids to them. And then the, that woman will run to family court and say, I have the kids more than this guy. Give me money. This is a joke. This is criminal activity. And this woman is doing the same thing. She's squatting. She's not following the prenup. She's committing a crime. And then she's using that to make sure she gets money, extort him. Mm. <laughs> right? In any other case, these are crimes. But when women do it, they do it to try to get leverage, and then we give it a pass. And we have a whole court system that will let them do it. You see what I mean? This is why I don't think the family court is legit. Sometimes you got to just wash your hands of this bullshit because they commit crimes and they never get punished as a criminal. They get rewarded. They get rewarded. She basically going to get rewarded by squatting, not following the prenup, and then she gets to extort him a money. I mean, this is extortion. The FBI should be arresting her. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like our society is actually ass backwards when it comes to this. So, um, um, and he is basically trying to follow the letter of the law. And that's all I'll say about it. She's asked the judge to force. You see, this is extortion. Check this out. This is the words of the documents right here and documents earlier that she filed. Uh, she asked the judge to force Kevin to pay her $248,000 a month in child support. A figure Kevin says amount amounts to highway robbery. Exactly. Guys, this is criminal. This is what criminals do. They basically, this is like what, um, uh, what they did to the um, Lindenberg baby. Lindenberg. All right. So basically, I'm going to keep my kids. I'm going to keep the house. I'm going to squat. I'm going to go into court, extort you, force you to pay, and then you can get access to whatever it is that you previously had. Okay, I can go back into my house. I can see my kids based on her extortion. And who needs $240,000 of child support? What? <laughs> this is criminal. Did I say Lindenburg or Lindbergh? <laughs> All right. This is a crime. I want you guys to look at this shit. In our society, we don't look like this is a crime. This, if you, okay, let me say this. If you did that to a non-parent, if I took a woman's kid, let's just say a woman took my kids, okay? Because if I do it as a man, you would obviously say it's a crime. If a relative or a woman took my kids, went to my house and said, you cannot come in here, right? You cannot come in this house. And then, said, I want you to pay me X amount of dollars because I'm me. I don't care what we agreed to previously. I don't like you. here. And she did this. FBI, U.S. Marshals would be running up. The ATF, they would be running up to that house. And that would be a crime. But because they're married. He said, sorry, Coach, really, he read the, man, I already read it. 
man, get out of here. All right, stop suggesting books that I've already suggested in my reading list, but you should sign up for my email list. All right. So anyway, what you should read is the free agent lifestyle. All right. So anyway, don't be in my chat recommending books. CGA is above all. CGA is the king of kings. And make sure you recognize that in my chat. If somebody recommends something other than the free agent lifestyle and the evolution, delete they ass. And especially if they trying to put it above me and proving me wrong, delete they punk ass. CGA is above all others. All right. So back to my programming. All right. You only recommend CGA in here. But if y'all want to be somewhere else recommending that shit, do not use my chat ninja without super chatting me. Okay. <laughs> no, that's not. To, yeah, it's to the audience. But you recommend my shit. All right. That's how that shit works. If you're watching my show and you ain't super chatting, don't recommend nobody else's shit. Back to the regular programming show. <laughs> all right. Don't recommend no other content creators, no other books, CGA above all others. If you want to super chat that shit, if you want a sponsorship, if you want to do some other shit and you want content creator, don't be in there recommending your shit and my shit. For free. This ain't no guerrilla marketing campaign in here. You are in here to watch CGA. You in here to support CGA. <laughs> That's how this shit works. Y'all doing that shit for free. I'm going to recommend my channel. No, you ain't. Anyway. Back to the next show. <laughs> man, come on, man. Hey, look. If y'all had a business, here's the thing. I want you guys to understand this. This is what I do. I got books, courses. This, this is what I do. And then when you come in here and you want to put somebody else above me, if you owned a bread store and I came into another store and said, they got bread down here. If I owned a clothing store and you walked in, didn't buy anything, and you said, there's clothes over here too. Mm. Think about it. Think about it. I want you to think about this shit for a second. This is, this is guerrilla marketing, and I don't like it. It's nice, but do not come into my shop. Don't come into Wendy's talking about McDonald's. This is disrespectful. And then what you did was you tried to put it. Sorry, coach. Uh, read this. Like I ain't read it before. Number one. Number two, you're trying to show my chat to go read something else when I got two and three books. Already, what you need to recognize is that that this is my shop. All right. You're here. But if you want to promote your shit, you got to pay. <laughs> That's the bottom line. You want to promote somebody else's shit, pay up. It's rude. It's disrespectful and so forth and so on. So I don't let nobody else put nobody else above me. That's how I go in. All right. That's how I have to do it to protect my shit. Anyway, mm. I'm teaching y'all brothers today. I'm teaching y'all brothers today. We got the main event coming up. <laughs> we got the main event coming up. We got uh, Juan Primera says, feed me FB, stay thin, and STFU, hashtag how to win. How to win. How to win. How to rob, too. Where are we at here? Uh, Garrett says, I'm a writer with social media. People want to peek behind the curtains. Authors who share their process and their work, like how, to, how you uh, post yours on Patreon, will be respected more and viewed as authentic authentic versus those who don't and the only way you're going to sell books now is if you're able to if you write a book you better be promoting it through social media right you better 
like meaning you got to make content on a daily basis in order to sell your book, or you're going to have to go through the liberal pub publishing institutions. Okay. Okay. You're going to have to go through the liberal publishing institutions in order to get behind there. And it's going to be cheaper. Uh, you're not going to make as much money, but um, if you're writing something, if you're doing something, you got to make sure you're making content on a daily basis in order to sell the book. That's how you're going to, that's the only way to do it. And that's the way you're going to get legitimacy out here. All right. So don't be lazy is my, my, um, my advice. Leonard says today, the Supreme court ruled affirmative action enlisting illegal is high in higher education. He says, huge step for equality. A few minutes affirmative action enlisting. Okay. All right. Getting people in school for affirmative action. Uh, they'll find a way to get around that. Uh, Alberto Del Rio is in the building. He says, ain't no such thing as thick. It's just fat. He says, wait till she has a few extra tortillas and see what happens. I don't understand thick. I don't understand thick. And y'all need just be categorizing thick women. Y'all just categorizing fat women. And listen, I'm not against fat women. I'm not against fat girls, but I am against categorizing fat women. They just be categorizing fat women. <laughs> oh, man. She thick. She not fat. She thick. She not thick. She chubby. She not chubby. She slim thick. She not slim thick. She, she a BBW. She not BBW. She, she a supersized BBW. The thing about thick, it has a short shelf life. What's thick today and about two hamburgers and two donuts and an extra fry is going to be fat tomorrow. Yeah, she pog. She pog. And then they be literally up in here trying to tell me what a pog is. No, um, she is fat. She just the def the fat, the fat's distributed in a way that's arousing you. All right. That's all it is. The fat just distributed by luck in a way that you like it. For instance, her waistline could be slim, but the fat just happened to land right here on her chest and her hips and her buttocks. She got good fat distribution. Exactly. Sometimes the fat lands sloppily. There's nothing she could do about it. It just landed sloppily. Her, 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 her family got wide hips. And the fat just, yeah, a few extra pounds and curvy. Look, sometimes the fat laying right, sometimes the fat laying wrong. That's the that's the only distinction. And that doesn't last very long. So if you got her thick, this is why I tell you, if you like thick girls, don't get them thick. Get them while they slim and they're going to thicken up. They don't have no choice, okay? Mm. Scientifically. Scientifically, women store fat when they get older. This is science. They have no control over it. They have control over it as to how much actually they store by being active and controlling their nutrition. But they're going to gain weight no regardless. All right. So if you like a certain thickness, just get them when they small and they're going to thicken up how you want them. Just be like, look, this is where I want you to put it. Right. They ain't no, 
There ain't no stopping it. It's going to happen. They, this is why you find that women are always like, what can I do? And they be crash dieting and eating lettuce and grazing. And they be jumping on this diet fad and trying to do it the easy way, taking pills. So you like them how you like them. But however you like them, they're going to be five times bigger. Sometimes five or ten times bigger. So if you like them thick, say you get a thick girl. I like a thick girl. She's going to be thick for two months. <laughs> two months tops until she transitions into another one of these categories. She eventually is going to go into another category of whatever the thick was. So enjoy them while enjoy it while it lasted. <laughs> All right. Get them young and thick. Don't get it. Anyway. Hey, shout out to Das Tok that says, recently I was at an airport and sat and saw some Indian parents playing chess with their kids. Prime example, prime example. Um, I, You know, these are things that just reinforce the brain development, reinforcing the brain development. And parents don't tend to do this in America. American parents are extremely lazy. We push the responsibility of education on to no good teachers. Teachers are dumber than a box of rocks. And the only time you will find that teachers are dumb is when you work with teachers. Okay. I've worked in education, universities, high schools. I didn't realize teachers were this dumb until I started working with them. All right. I don't have that much respect for persons that in America that says they're a teacher. As a matter of fact, when I was in college, when I was in college, when I saw the amount of people going to the teaching major, I really knew that these C student ass teachers didn't have no other option. All right. So they wasn't going nowhere and they wasn't becoming rich. They was going to spend a lot of money in the public school uh, college getting a teacher's degree. All right. And I was like, yep, you're a teacher. All right. Mm. <laughs> right. So that's the only thing you got left. All right. You didn't have no other option left. Oh, those who can't do teach. So in this situation. <laughs> all right. Yep. Those who can't do teach. So here's the thing. Here's the thing. Parents, stop putting these teachers as responsible for your kids' education. Why would you do that? They got 30 kids that they, they need to educate. If they're a high school teacher, they got an essence of 180 kids, maybe 200 kids. Your teachers ain't going to teach you that much. The parents need to teach. The parents need to teach. The parents need to reinforce. The parents need to make sure that the, the, they follow up with their teacher or whatever their kids are doing. And, of course, we live in a culture where the parents expose their kids to the public school indoctrination camp and never teach their kids. They leave it up to the public school teachers and the daycares. Then they wonder why their kids come out dumber than a box of rocks. All right. So yeah. And the Marxist teachers too. It's all political now. All right. And shout out to the teachers. You should be reinforcing these things, right? You should be reinforcing these things, making sure your kids repeating things, making sure they're getting supplemental income, uh, supplemental education in addition to the education they're receiving from the public school either from you or an outside source and you reinforce those things by making sure that they repeat them making sure that they're doing things to stretch their minds out <laughs> all right anyway it is what it is where we got it Daylight says marriage today is like the story of Judas and Jesus. He says Jesus ate with him, prayed with him, sat with him, even washed that ninja's feet, but he still portrayed cheese 
for the enjoyment of the world and some penny. Damn, indeed. It's rough out here. It's rough, rough, rough. I think the thing in our culture, okay, I think the thing in our culture, if we got rid of the cool element in our culture, like you got to be cool, cool above everything, that actually would shift our culture. Because um, being cool is something that people have never been, and thus they try to attain it, and they do lame shit. Like, I'm going to get rich, and I'll be cool. I'm going to get a car, and I'm going to be cool. Now, you see me do these things, but I was already cool before that shit. <laughs> all right? But they do that above all, and they'll sacrifice everything to just be cool. Like, you got to be smart, too, ninja. You got to have some money, too, ninja. Like, you got to be able to be on your path. You got to have a purpose, too. Okay, you got to have some discipline as well. You can't just be cool and have shit else, <laughs> right? Like, that's cool for a minute. Like, being cool is for a minute. Everybody should be either rich, cool, have some punani at will, and and there's another one. Be smart. Now, what you're going to find out is once you're those things, they don't mean shit after a while. Having money is cool until you have money, and then it ain't that cool. Ninja, you get used to it. Having punani, access to sex, is cool when you ain't having it, but once you have it, eh. <laughs> All right? It ain't the end-all, be-all. But it is to ninjas that try to keep that lane, and I think, you know, it's a crab in a bucket syndrome. Yeah, getting muscle, getting muscles is cool until you got to maintain that muscle, man. Hey, getting something is hard, but it's harder to keep it too, man. Getting muscles is hard. Actually, you guys see me, man. I was at my peak shape, working out like crazy. It was my life. I wasn't very rich. I didn't have a lot of money, but I was jacked. But keep it staying jacked. Woo! Staying jacked is hard. It's harder than getting jacked. Staying muscular and lean and muscular is super hard. Getting there is actually easier than staying there. All right, so I'm going to tell you right now, man. Same thing as getting money. It's harder keeping the money than it was getting the money. Stay Getting married. It's harder to stay married than it was getting married. <laughs> All right, anyway, just apply that. Das Token says, when I was younger, my mom sent math books for me to do at my grandma's house during the summer. My grandma refused, and my grandma failed us. Yeah. Sometimes it's easier to let the kids do what they want as opposed to disciplining them because discipline requires that you're the disciplinarian, okay? And disciplinar being a disciplinarian is hard. All right. So it's hard, man. Shout out to Jacob says, Coach, do you still hang out with buddies or would you consider yourself a loner and hang out with yourself during free times? My buddies tend to be, I tend to be only buddies with people who got shit going on. All right, so... I tend to not be friends with people who ain't got no shit going on. Like, we could be cool, but um, if they ain't got shit going on, I ain't got no time for them, <laughs> right? That's how I look at it. Like, we could be cool on the internet. That's about it. I tend to, you will find me with people that actually are in my network. I hang out with way more people that I can network with than I can be cool with. So it's always going to be a give and take, right? So I networking people, I will hang out with these people because there's a given, there's something I could get, but I ain't going to be sitting around just talking shit and swallowing spit. All right. I'm not going to talk shit, swallow spit all day with somebody that ain't going nowhere. I'll be corny with some networking ninjas, 
outside just chilling than I'm doing it just hanging out with motherfuckers. All right. Mm. All right. So that's how I do it. All right. And if I got to chill by myself, I got to chill by myself. Hey, man, I got so many chats to catch up to, but I'm at the main event. All right. I'm at the main event. All right. Uh, but I got uh, I was like a video says Mulder. No, he's looking to folder like a love, love letter from the second grade. All right. Enigma says she's lying. Power dynamics isn't better with older women. She's trying to take advantage of younger men like the teacher student sex scandal. Indeed. Twin B watching them scrippers get robbed. Remind me of the ninjas that tried to carjack me in Inglewood recently. Be safe. Walk in the spirit of Elijah. And my baby mama still tripping. Hit her with the Reverend X. Shout out to the baby mamas out here still tripping. I don't give a fuck what you think, bitch. Cut that bitch off. Next caller. All right. Uh, a couple more. David K says, yes, Asians have to score higher to get in college like any other race where the white guy would have the score of 23 to 25. Asians would have to score in the 27. That's why they told me to check white. Look it up. Interesting. Listen, I'm not white or Asian, so I don't know all this shit. But yeah, that makes sense. So it's harder to be in. I get it. It's harder to be Asian with a lower score, I guess. It's more competitive. Roberto Moreno, if anything, in regards to college admission, we should help those with low income, not race, sex, and et cetera. And don't set people up. Don't set people up that aren't ready for college. All right. College is not easy. Okay. Anybody ever been to college? I have, I have many degrees. I have more degrees than a thermometer. None of them that I use. But what, what, what you got to understand is college teachers tend to not coddle their students. They don't give a ish. Much of the time colleges, the teachers are just on a platform on their soapbox, on their agenda. They ain't giving a shit, right? So they don't really care about the person. Many times colleges don't take attendance in class. Colleges don't follow up with the student regarding homework. They really don't care if the student keeps up or not. And if you transition where you need help, maybe college isn't worth it for you yet. You need to go to junior college. You need to go to another place. So if you're low income and you can thrive in that environment, you'll probably do well. But a lot of kids get in their low income and they're ear prepared and they're taking remedial classes for a high rate. It doesn't make sense. Right. It doesn't make sense to take remedial classes at that level of um, you're already at low income. You're already on student loan debt. Why? Why pay a premium to take remedial classes? <laughs> right. Mm. Right. Why do that? It's actually it's disgraceful. It's actually a bad economic decision. It's why college debt is considered bad debt. All right. Anyway. Let's get through it. Let's get through it. Main event. Oh, yeah. Oh, this is going to be a wake-up call for some of y'all niggas. It's going to be a wake-up call. The wake-up call is this. Do women indeed get bored in monogamous relationships? Yes, they do. They lose their sex drive first before a man ever lose their sex drive. And the reason isn't to belittle women to give you this message. It is to prepare men for what really happens in marriages, in cohabitation, and so forth. We're going to prove it with empirical data, articles, and memes. We're going to give you the entertainment, the edutainment that you need. Let's check it out for the men who don't know so we can give you a message that you should know so you don't get manipulated and you don't get surprised. All right, we're going to start off with a couple of memes and videos. All right, so we're going to start off with 
And this is called the penny jar test. This is called the penny jar test. Listen to this guy right here give you the penny jar test. And I had to have him do it because I keep messing it up. Yeah, I read one time that if you put a penny into a jar every time you and your wife are intimate in the first year of marriage and then take out a penny every time you and your wife are intimate after the first year of marriage, you will never empty that jar. <laughs> All right. So the penny jar test. If you didn't hear it, every time you when in your first year of marriage, in your first year of cohabitation, put a penny into a jar every time you're intimate with your girlfriend wife. After the first year of marriage, cohabitation, or committed long-term relationship, take a penny out of the jar every time you're intimate. You will never empty that jar. Okay, you'll never empty the jar. And many times, you know, you will go to a um, marriage counselor. They will say, do the penny jar test and then try to empty the jar. All right, start off after a period of time, put a penny in, put a penny in. And then after a certain period of time, take penny out every time you do it, try to empty the jar. Now, this is called forced monogamy. Forced monogamy. All right. And so this is why I don't believe in monogamy. I believe that people are participating in enforced or forced monogamy. I didn't come up with it. This is something someone else came up with. Uh, here's another one right here. Here's another video. And this is a video of a, I believe, a wife. It's a meme. How I think, how I think I look calling my husband to bed. All right. And so this is the sister. She's dressed up. She has her makeup and hair done. She says, How I think I look calling my husband to bed. Here we go. All right. I'll have to reduce the volume. See, she's pretty, glammed up. She's looking good, fat, pushed up, and distributed in the right places. Okay. And uh, her, yeah, come on and get it. And there's the husband, what my husband actually sees. And that's what she actually looks like here. Fat, not distributed, and lifted up in the proper spot. All right. No shower, hair disheveled. You know what I mean? Millie Mouth Muskrat, Master Splinter, and so forth and so on. And so this is the realities of marriage. When you cohabitate, you will see less and less of the attractive woman, and you will see more and more lazy effort. In fact, when you are married or cohabitating, the only time she will make an effort is when she's going out of the house, not when she's staying in the house. In our, in our culture, we accept this as men, okay? All right, women will tell you to accept that type of state. Well, I can't be pretty all the time, all right? And she'll be running around the house with her feet staking like corn nuts all up on your furniture. She'll be sitting in some little booty shorts for two, three days in a row. She'll be in a tank top, no bra, titty sagging, her hair either in a in a wrap or in a bonnet or in a pineapple on top of her hair, ponytail, ponytail to the top, crust in her eye, breast stinking, and that's how you'll see her 70% of the time, okay? Mm. 70 to 75% of the time, that's how you will see her on a daily basis, all right? Um, yes, this happens. It happens, and it's a reality. So uh, you got to be prepared for this, and, you know, you'll lose arousal uh, after a while, and uh, she'll lose arousal. Here is a movie. Apparently, this is a movie about marital missionary, all right? So this is a guy who is uh, going to tell his girlfriend in a not so kind way. It's not what you said is the way you said it about her effort in the bedroom. Every time missionary, missionary, missionary. I don't know if you went to a missionary school or that's the only thing they taught you in biology class. Missionary, ah, your mates are doing exciting things, hanging on the wall, different styles. And you're here doing missionary every time. Ah, you can't even try something exciting. 
You cannot climb on top of me and give me the right of my life. Every time missionary, if you want missionary, go and meet God. I understand. Please shift, oh, shift. All right. Shout out to our Nigerian brother, brother, brother over here, man. He just want, he just want to show his teeth. Niggas always gotta show they teeth. All right. Yeah, that brother's starving. Yes, sir. <laughs> and uh, as you can see, you know, she's not making an effort here. She has her wig. Uh, hairdo on which is basically braids to the back breath stanking all right no shower for two days booty do dookie crust in between her booty cheeks right you know what i mean it's just what it is it's just what it is and she like i'll roll over and give you some she's already lost arousal now what tends to happen is what tends to happen is um when this happens in our culture we shift the blame to the guy but we're going to educate you today. There's no need to shift the blame to the guy every time. There are some times where we shift the blame to the guy. But there is some times where we have to shift the blame where it's responsible. They're the ones who push for monogamy, then complain about living up to the standard of monogamy. Which is, I'm your only sexual partner, thus you volunteer to sexually please me. Yes, these other things come with monogamy, but... You have to realize legally and sometimes ethically, morally, or whatever it is, religiously, you're my sole sexual partner. Thus, this is what you're here for. Now, when they try to uh, when they try to uh, tell you, oh, I don't want to do it, I ain't in the mood, you got to work for it, and they make you jump through hoops and hurdles and leverage it, they're actually committing a sin or a crime. This is not what the deal is. All right. If you wanted to do that, I'll just stay out here and date. I'll date and deal with women turning me down for sex as opposed to doing what I'm doing and then getting turned down for sex and intimacy. Most because she's not interested, right? The reason why she's doing this is she's not interested. We're going to find out why she's not interested. What you should know. Okay, what you should know. Okay, where are we at here? Uh, where are we at? Okay, right here. Here's the first article. I've shared this before, covered this story before, but sometimes you got a lot of, New people here. The board sex, according to the Atlantic. There are some studies in here, some articles. We'll mix them up. It says right here by Wednesday Martin, women more than men tend to feel uh, stultified by long-term exclusivity, despite having been taught that we were designed for it. And uh, there, this is a woman. Hey, where is it at? Okay, here we go right here. I got to scroll down. I got to scroll down. They're talking about uh, monogamy. He says right here, Andrew, whatever his last name is, a Manhattan psychiatrist is uh, with extensive psychotherapy practice has been treating a straight couple who will call Jane and John for several years. They've had sex for three times a week, which might strike more in many people as enviable, considering that John and Jane, who are in their 40s, have been together for nearly two decades. Based on the numbers alone, one might wonder why this couple needs counseling, but one of them is happy with the state of play and it isn't Jane. The problem is not that they are functionally unable to have sex or to have orgasm or frequently. It is that sex is that the, that the sex that they're having isn't what she wants. She doesn't want that type of sex. She's confused and demoralized by the certain sex that John wants. She thinks there's something wrong with her. John, meanwhile, feels criticized and inadequate, mostly because he can't understand why if his wife is having sex with him and having orgasm that she wants more or different. OK, now what you'll find is 
How many people have experienced this? That have cohabitated or been married? Watch this. I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to actually try to walk you down a couple of things here. Doesn't mean it applies to me or my ex-spouses or ex-girlfriends or anything. How many people have experienced this? You move in with your partner. You're frisky. You're touching each other. You can't keep your hands off each other. Your availability to sex seems to be always available. Then, as you go down the line, months down the line, it kind of wanes off, but you're still going to do things like grope her, slap her, grab her titty. You know what I mean? Slap her on the ass. You're going to want to touch her. Every time she talks to you, you'll maybe look down her shirt. You'll, you'll pull her shirt down and look down at her titties, and you're talking about something serious, right? As you do this, as you do this, she'll get upset about this. She'll feel degraded. She'll say, you don't own me. Stop touching me. All right, don't, don't slap me on the ass. All right, why are you always looking at my titties? Why are you always touching me? This will tend to happen down the line. Now, somebody said the streets are calling her. Now, in the beginning, it was acceptable behavior. She was kind of getting what she wants. She was getting you. She was, uh, as you flooding you with sex, she was letting you touch she was letting you touch. But now when you walk by her, you might slap her on her ass and she'll say, hey, why are you doing that? Stop doing that. She might say, you don't own me. You're violating me. Don't touch me. This happens in marriages. And what it sounds like is the guy has wanted to keep this going. She's lost the interest. She's annoyed by it. She feels degraded by it. Um, this is a hard adjustment for a woman that has never cohabitated, that has never had a relationship. So she's used to leveraging sex. She's used to bartering it. She's used to determining when she can be touched or not. Now she's in an environment where she can't really do it. She's behind closed door. And then you feel like you're entitled to it. And then she removes that entitlement. She shames you. Or you'll ask for something that's dirty. Hey, I want you to do this. I want you to participate in that. She might say, hey, I'm your girlfriend. I'm your wife. I'm your fiance. I don't do those dirty, dirty things anymore. I don't degrade myself for my loved ones. I'll do it for a Chad, a Pookie, or a Tyrone. I'll put my face in the pillow from him. I'll give him access to this, but I'm not going to give you access to that because we're supposed to have romantic love. It's supposed to it's supposed to be a certain way. It's supposed to be special, right? These are the things that's going to happen to a lot of people. This is a struggle, and mostly because either she's lost interest or she never had the interest. She cohabitated with you. She married you. She uh, had a relationship with you out of necessity. There was a necessity. This is when a woman says right here like this. She says, and that's you. I'm not looking for a man that I'm necessarily physically attracted to, but he has to have money, a job, status, car. He has to have all these things in his life together. He has to be this. He has to be off the street. He has to be. She's not with you for sex. She was with you for something else. She led with sex. She flooded you with sex to get you. But now that she's there and sees your monkey ass every day, she's lost interest. Also, you're repetitive. You're not good satisfying her. She knew this. She thought she could live with it. Now she can't because she got what she wanted. She got the comfort, the security, the protection. This is why you have to really be protecting yourself with this. Okay. Now let's move down the line. Let's move down the line with the other article right here. As we can show you, we also have determined by our research, extensive research, that it is women that cheat more than men. It is not even an argument or a debate. And uh, many people will even determine this if women would be honest, but uh, they won't. Women are more likely to cheat than men. Now, 
This isn't to make them out to be bad, right? What it is is to, I'm trying to educate you. I'm trying to teach you to look out for these things because they will hit you and you will be shocked. You're going to be shocked. You're going to be like, but coach, she's supposed to be loyal. The Bible said, well, I don't care about all that. We live in the Sodom and Gomorrah. We live among the, we live amongst the spirit of Jezebel. I don't care what the Bible says. I don't care what you think she should, should do. I don't think you, if you thought women are loyal and you got shocked, I don't care. It doesn't matter what is real is real. And we know that if a woman does cheat, she has a built-in excuse as to why she cheated. And also, society doesn't punish female cheaters anymore like they do male cheaters. So this gives them incentive to kind of get away with it. All right, well, the only reason I'm cheating is I lost interest and you know, I wasn't getting an emotional connection. Oh, poor baby. See, this is why they tend to be able to cheat more. Let's move down the line. That's not a debate class. This is what it is. We're not debating. We're just spitting facts right now. Let me move on to the next article right here. Oh, my goodness. It scrolled all the way to the bottom. I don't know why I did that. But here it is right here. This is by K. Smith, Ph.D. Did monogamy eat the female libido? Did monogamy eat the female libido? Evolution and female desire. We're not going to read the entire article, but K. Smith, Ph.D. wants to go in on this one. Monogamy eats the female libido. Let's go down. Women are learning about themselves, too, by the way. Um, they're talking about sperm competition. And we'll go to this point of the article right here. Monogamy ate my female libido. All right. The idea that monogamy serves the natural sexuality of women may not be accurate, according to Kim Wallen. I don't know who these people are, but we'll read. Is monogamy one of the most cherished social ideals, a killer of marital beds? Is it the death of novelty that turns a husband into a brother? Perhaps. Says right here, research shows that over the course of a long-term relationship, a quicker, sharper decline in female sexual interest is comp in comparison to male interest. A large German study found that at the beginning of a relationship, around 60% of women reported that they wanted to have sex often. This is to secure the mate, sperm wars, and all this stuff. But this figure dropped to less than 50 by year four. By year 20, only 20%. Of women were interested in frequent sex. Men, on the other hand, reported no decline in sexual interest. About 60 to 80% of males remain enthusiastic about horizontal activities, regardless of length of relationship. Lead researcher, a German guy, thought evolution was to blame. So many times men get the blame for this. You're a lazy lover. Um, you didn't work hard enough. You didn't make me feel special. Men get the blame. But they're saying evolution. He argued that men evolved to sustain sexual interest in a long-term partner as a form of mate guarding, protecting their investment. A guy can never be sure he's the baby daddy, so frequent sex is one way around raising someone else's offspring, a.k.a. being a stepdaddy. In essence, uh, this gives your little swimmers a shot at the title in case there is a rival contender, a.k.a sperm wars naturally women do don't have to worry about such things a woman always knows who's the baby mama which is her so high female sexual interest evolves according to this german guy as an early relationship bonding maneuver uh-oh to get you in lost leader flood you with sex the sexual interest is to get you in it says right here it's an early relationship bonding maneuver that isn't needed for the long haul 
Once I got you, I don't need to do this anymore. Eventually, it fades away like a warm summer day. Goodbye, summer. Okay. Says it's gone. I, I got you. I don't have to... I don't have to put my mouth on your member no more, on your, your peen. I don't have to bend over and grab my ankles. Now, this isn't for all, but this does happen, and they're saying nat nature has something to do with this. Mate guarding, the uh, sperm wars, and now that I got you, I don't have to do it anymore. So I've been telling you, I've been telling you that pity sex, duty sex is what most married men are getting. They're not getting enthusiastic sex, despite what people might say about a trick, a John, a John. Well, the girl's not giving you her enthusiastic sex. Well, in marriage, neither are you getting enthusiastic sex most of the time at all. She's doing it out of duty, pity. She's doing it because you're pouting. She's doing it to she knows if she keeps doing it, it's going to cause problems. Right. This is what we're talking about here. This isn't, again, to hate them. This is just straight facts. So a woman can say, I still have sex with my husband. Yeah, but do you have enjoyable sex with your husband? Are you willing to have, or are you jumping his bones? Or are you just doing your duty? Okay, is it just like the guy who said, uh, missionary, missionary, are you just doing it? You giving them some lazy stuff? You ain't showered all weekend on Sunday night? You finally give them some with your breath stinking? All right, with crumbs in your eyes and your hair ain't done? Are you dressing up? Or are you just giving them some sex? Are you just saying, you'll take it? Here, I know he'll take it. He has to take it or he gets penalized. What are you giving him? Somebody says, what's the difference? <laughs> Listen, the male ego, that's the difference, guys. There's nothing like being with a woman who is not intimate with you. Intimacy is a big deal. And men can tell if you're intimate or not. Okay? Meaning that she won't kiss you. She won't look at you. She has her eyes closed. She says, get it over with. Don't get none on the sheets. Don't stain this. Don't do that. Don't put it there. Okay, hop on. You taking too long. She dry. Ninja Ego going to get crushed real quick. He'll still get that nut. He'll still try to chase that nut. But no intimacy is going to matter. Dead starfish sex. Carl's Jr. sex. I'm going to just lie there and look out the window. Oh, I would. I don't. And, and women will naturally tell men this. Um, you know, I don't think about sex with you often, or I don't think about sex that often. Um, they'll say things like, um, when I think when I'm having sex, I think about folding laundry. Like they'll tell you shit like this. Like there's jokes in our world that that they'll be like, well, when I'm I'm, I'm she might think of another man because I'm certainly thinking of another woman. Okay, so younger women don't know this is coming. So if you're watching me and you're in your 20s, please understand this is you're going to pull this. You're going to do this. They're going to be like, I will never do this. You're going to do it. Yeah. Faking orgasms. Oh, you're so good. Hyping his ego up. Oh, yeah. And she ain't done nothing. You even heard um, there was a, a celebrity woman who was married. And then she came out. She says, I never had an orgasm with my husband. Like, <laughs> OK, it's humiliating to that guy. It's humiliating. He'll do it. He'll get it because he has no other choice. He's in a monogamous relationship. So this is the only thing he can get. This is why I tell you the worst prostitution going on here is marriage. Okay, because he's paying and he's like, I don't have any other choice. I got to get it here or I get penalized. I got to get it here because I committed to her. So I'll take it. A man will lay on a prostitute that he'll never kiss. He'll do it, but it's not intimate. All right. He has no choice. Many... 
a, a, a lot of times, a lot of times, men will get into these relationships purely because of sex. Now, this is a hard truth. They'll get into the relationship because he's going to have access to sex. He'll move in with a woman because he's thinking, mm, I'm going to have access to more sex consistently. That's only going to last for so long. Okay. That's going to dip. We already proved statistically he's going to dip. All right. Um, here's another article right here. Uh, this article is called, um, and they're using science in the article as well. So if you're wanting academic reports and, and the like, the academic reports are in the article. It says right here, women aren't hardwired for monogamy. Men don't hit their sexual peak early. All right. And three more things we get wrong about sex. All right. So let me go down. I'm going to go down to the part right here. Right here. And research. Research has shown that women's libidos tend to nosedive when they're in long-term relationships. But the same isn't true for men. However, we might have been misinterpreting the meaning of this finding, suggests the, uh, suggests the author, which is Aaron Carroll and Rachel somebody else, both of the Indiana University School of Medicine. It says, while some would say that this means that women have an easier time being monogamous because their sex drive has gone down, a.k.a. they're not going to cheat outside of marriage, that's false. Sex experts would say that this is not the healthy state for these women. They write, the women are losing their desire to, in, to intimate sex or to have sex with their partner, which does not reflect sexual health. And I'm thinking they mean to say she doesn't lose interest in sex. She loses interest in sex with him. Mm. It's not an indicator of her sexual health, meaning she wants it. She wants to get throttled. She wants uh, active sex, just not with the husband. When people say, when people say, Two married couples haven't had sex. And then you say with each other. You always say with each other. Oh, they're not having sex. He, they're having sexual dysfunction with each other. She's interested in it. She wants it. She wants it like she used to get it from the bartender and the drug dealer when she was young. She wants to get it monkey double backflips. She just doesn't want to have sex with him. Okay. So then we go back to women cheat more than men. They just do it better. The libido doesn't drop. It drops for him. <laughs> All right. And often attached to this is shame. So if a woman tells a lot of men she wants it dirty, she wants to be handcuffed and blindfolded, she wants to be choked, sometimes her husband, her partner might judge her for this behavior. So she naturally might withdraw this and just depend on duty sex. A lot of women want it dirty. They want it nasty. They want it to be treated dirty, throttled, thrown around the room, ragdoll. You know, some women want it beat. Someone that wanted the, the punani to be beat. They want it aggressive. They want you to just take it. But in a marital home, in a long-term relationship, in a place where you can judge her, you might say, do you do this with all the men? Are you nasty with all the men? Do you think she doesn't want to get freaky tonight? And she doesn't want to get freaky with you. You might even say, I can't get freaky with my wife like that. I can't disrespect her like that. She might think like, wow, right? She's like, I'll be like, damn, there's a lot going into this. So it isn't always a manipulative, manipulative thing, manipulative thing. And it isn't always that she loses interest in sex because you're lazy. She just might be interested in a different kind of sex, sex that she's already had prior to you. She hasn't shown you that side. If she shows you that side, how's your ego going to take it? 
How are you going to look at her? Right. There's a lot going into this. All right. So that's what that article was trying to insinuate. She has a says right here. Let me go to the next article. Uh, you can guys go peruse these articles if you want. Um, let's get here. It says, uh, here's how quickly women get bored with sex in a committed relationship. Okay. Mm. <laughs> All right. So it, again, it is the women. The, the studies are showing that in committed long-term relationships, it is the women that are jumping off. They're jumping ship. Doesn't mean they'll stop having it, but they'll jump ship. Gender stereotype. And this is referencing the same um, article, right? Of the same, the same um, author. I'll read it. Martin, who holds a PhD in anthropology from Yale. New, 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 new world order. That's quite a bit of research to support her case. In a recent article she published in The Atlantic, she cites a 2012 study. Here's the academics of 170 undergraduate men and women between 18 and 25, which found that um, that women's sexual desire was significantly and negatively predicted by relationship duration after controlling for age, relationship satisfaction, and sexual satisfaction, while men's sexual desire was not significantly affected by the duration of the romantic relationship. She also cites the two German, German longitudinal studies that found that a woman's sexual desire dramatically drops over the course of the first seven years of a monogamous relationship, while a man seemed to hold steady. This is where we get the seven-year itch. This is where we get the seven-year itch. So in the older culture, in the 50s and 60s, there was something called the seven-year itch. The itch was, um, oh, man, you know, after seven years, you're itching for more. You might, She might hypergamously try to monkey branch with you after seven years. Also, most relationships, I'm sorry, marriages that end in divorce last exactly eight years. Eight years, right? So that's showing that at around that seven, eight-year mark, most people can't maintain it. And by the time it gets to year eight, it's already been falling off. Something's already happened. And then uh, she goes on to say right here, she goes on to say, uh, many of these studies hypothesize that the decrease Interest in monogamous sex for a woman may be linked to having children. Somebody's brought that up in our chat before and shout yourself out if you did. It says, but when a 2016 Finnish study controlled for that factor, they found it didn't impact the results. All right. So what then happens is somebody in actually insinuated that, especially women that get married late in their life. Right. And that's you. They have the what? They have the they have the buzzer beater baby or they freeze the egg baby the egg freezing baby or the 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 um i want to have babies I, I don't want i'm exhausted by the jerks baby or you're the stepdaddy baby right you're the stepdaddy you raise my kids the stepdaddy they're with you and once you give them the baby or you take care of the other man's child she's gonna lose interest because she doesn't have a natural attraction to you okay we had a guy super chat that one day is that she's not really attracted to you. She just needed to procreate. She just needed the support. She just needed the man to come into the relationship and save the baby, right? And that's how you came in. I'm going to be stepdaddy. You came in for the baby. You came in for that, not the arousal. She's not with you for the arousal. Once you guys have the babies um, in the investments phase of the marriage will, that's when the bait and switch happens. 
okay? Bait and switch usually happens after all babies are had, okay? A woman never rarely changes course of the relationship before children. Certainly before, if there's no children had, she's never really going to change. She's just going to say, okay, darling, okay, darling. She'll do what you say. After all the kids are had, she'll change that shit up real fast. And you'll be saying, okay, darling, okay, darling. <laughs> right? You see what I mean? The roles flip. Now you'll do whatever you can because you want to keep your kids. You want to keep the house. You want to keep everything you invested. And she has an incentive. She gets to keep everything you invested if she just says, screw you. Mm. All right? Moving on. I'm giving y'all this science today. Drop the science on your head today. All right, to back up my case. Let me see here. Uh, this says right here. What is this one right here? Okay. Think this one, this one is why do women, this is why do women in committed relationships lose desire? All right, this is by Jill Denton. Okay. I'm going to scroll down because I think there was a point to be made right here. It says right here, uh, couples therapist Esther Perel points out that good intimacy doesn't always guarantee good sex. She has a book, and it's a classic that she someone recommends that couples who couples who are struggling through this issue. In it, she points out that the very element that nurture love, which is reciprocity, <laughs> protection, closeness, and emotional security. And predictability are sometimes the very thing that stifles desire. Mm. I'm going to read that again. She points out that the very elements that nurture love, reciprocity, protection, closeness, emotional security, predictability, and mutuality are sometimes the very thing that stifles desire. Woo-wee! Mm. So when a woman says, oh, I'm tired of the jerks. I need a man to be secure. I need him to have this. I need him to protect me. I need him to do this. Sometimes that doesn't lend to high sex desire. <laughs> Somebody said by Joe Biden. Yeah, that doesn't lend to she's attracted to you. This is why she can go give the booty up to a bartender or a bouncer, a personal trainer. This is why Aisha Curry can have the mindset she has. This is why women can understand that. Yeah, Steph is a nice guy. He takes care of his kids. He's rich. He's wealthy. He provides security. It's a life that she cannot get from another man, but she wants to get throttled. It doesn't mean those are desirable sexual traits. Okay. Now, I'm hitting y'all with this truth so I can tell you to be aware of this. Is right here because we tend to be caregivers. Women take care of our men folk in committed relationships, much as we take care of our children and pets. Damn. So these guys start to feel like a brother or worse yet, a child. And sex with family members is a definite no-no in our culture. Children and pets need caregiving, which we provide as an act of love. Sexual desire requires that the lover does not need us. She based, wow. Damn, that one's a slap in the face. Are y'all ready? Y'all not ready. So she's saying y'all become roommates. You're not a sexual partner anymore. You're a brother. You're a part of our family. You're not a sexual provider. Now, this also happens on the male side. Okay, 
This is what I warn you of when you move in together. When you move out, when you're not moving together, there's um, you're excited about seeing your partner. You don't you live apart. You can't wait to see them. When am I going to see you again? They live miles away, distance away, time away. You can't wait to see them. When you're with each other, you show each other your best. When you move in, you tend to have real life happens. You got to wash dishes. There's chores. There's budgets. There's habits. There's things that irk you, pet peeves. There's, uh, you know, there's a need to meet economic uh, needs. There's friendships. There's history. There's baggage. There's children sometimes after a while. That's going to interfere with the initial desire to attract. Yeah, there's gonna she's going to shit in the toilet. She's going to fart. You're going to pick your nose. You're going to not shower. You're going to not be at your best. See, these are the things. You're going to walk into the bathroom after she dropped the deuce. You're not going to want to go up the Duke shoot after she dropped the deuce. <laughs> so now you have a whole different experience. Yes, you can love each other, but after a while, it becomes chores. You become annoyed that the person didn't put their plate in the dishwasher. You start an argument over who has the air conditioning on. You start to have obligations. Uh, how are we going to meet the bills? Now, how are you going to have that intimacy moment, right? It actually messes up intimacy as opposed to encourage it. All right, let me give you this right here. <laughs> Somebody mad about my Duke shoe comment. We got another article, man. Man, they full of articles right here. They full of articles right here. It says right here, the real reason men lose interest. I'm sorry, the real reason women lose interest in sex. Here's what my survey data shows about why women don't want to have sex. And they tend to avoid sex with men who treat them like garbage and or who are bad in bed. So this is the old, hey, um, you're stuck in bed, which is true. This is going to be truth to this. Lazy lover syndrome. Quote, my wife is withholding sex. Uh, sex is my love language. I need to feel closer. Okay, let's go down. Let's go down. Oh, they want me to subscribe to some shit. Nope, I don't want to do it. It says men have been raised with a few key beliefs about sex that number one, they are entitled to it. Number two, this article says women are not interested in sex. Number three, women are entitled to good sex. I know a lot of men have that philosophy. I think that's ridiculous. Okay. I think that's going to mess you up. I think that is very Puritan of men that say they don't care what their women's getting in bed. That is some, that's not alpha. That's beta as fuck. All right. I can't stand when I hear that, especially with young men. They be like, I don't care what she does. I got my nut. I think that's dude that y'all going to struggle out here. All right. Anyway. Um, and it says right here, no, uh, let's go down here. Where her damn right here. This is, uh, why do women say no to sex? Let's go to the survey. Let's go to the survey. Right. Oh, wait, I'm gonna pop it up here. Uh, number one, I'm tired. Number two, my partner doesn't do their fair share around the house. Chore play, okay? Okay, chore play. Chore play is a big one, guys. This is, again, why you will not have sex with your wife and girlfriend when you move in. According to these women in the survey, the number one reason she doesn't want to have sex is she's so-called tired, lazy. That's 82%. The second reason is the partner doesn't do their fair share around the house unreal this is why i tell you man it actually works against you to move in okay because this is real life and the problem is what is their fair share that's very subjective 
and it can be used as an excuse to not do what you're supposed to do. And I don't agree with this argument about 50-50 duties around the house. It's despicable. But I do agree with respecting everybody else's boundaries and shit like that. But if I'm going to argue about 50-50 around the house, you're an idiot to me, and I'm kicking you out. All right? That shit ain't going to happen because I know I'm covering well more than I need to other than those things, including that. And not only that, I have OCD. I'm more likely to be pissed when a woman comes to my house as to how she treats my house than her. All right? Because I take care of my shit. Like, my socks are folded, Ninja. I got OCD. So my socks are folded. I don't leave much shit around my house. My house is clean. <laughs> All right? So that shit, that man shit ain't going to work against me. I'll be more apt to kick a woman out of my house as opposed to her getting mad at me about responsibilities. But anyway, what is the other reasons? These are reasons why they don't want to have sex <laughs> with their with their partners. The next one, I'm angry with my partner. Hi-yi-yi. Number three is they're mad at their partner. I'm not happy. <laughs> Bruh, that is going to be every goddamn day. That's going to be every day. So every day she gets to huh, and clamp her legs. Oh, hell no. <laughs> right. Any little thing can set her off. Right. I'm not happy. <laughs> I'm clamping my legs because I'm mad. It's you always mad. What? What's the? It's a, that's just another day on the calendar. So you clamping up? Okay, I'm out. Out to the junior college. All right. If you ain't gonna do it, somebody else about to get this. Uh, wet this whistle up. So that's sixty three percent. That could be any day of the week and almost every day. That could be like that could be like twenty days out of the month. The next one. I had too much to do. <laughs> <laughs> This is this is why women are saying they don't want to be intimate with their partner. Um, I had too much to do right here. I have too much to do, man. I'll put that shit on the back burner. Uh, we'll have sex tomorrow. Okay, we need to do it tomorrow. Okay, it's the last thing on the list. Guys, trust me. It's the last thing on the list. It's down here. Almost all of their, it's the last thing on the list. And then if she gets there, I'm too tired. Oh, I'm mad at you. Okay, I got too much to do. I'm tired. This is... This is the state of cohabitating relationships. Number five, my partner is mean to me. Uh, what day of the week is it? I'm not happy. <laughs> Number six, the sex with my partner is bad. Yeah, I mean, familiarity breeds content. Sometimes you don't, both of you don't have time, but you're there. Sometimes dudes uh, suck in bed. Sometimes she's giving no effort. I mean, I got to do 90% of the pushing and shoving and moving and holding and lifting up and, and, and thrusting. I got to do all the work. Why don't you help a little bit instead of lying there like a Carl's Jr. star? Number seven, I can't relax in a messy house. Well, that's your fault. And that's you. So instead of doing what you're supposed to do, you're waiting for me to do it. And then now it's messy. No sex. These are reasons they don't have sex. This isn't reasons why the relationship bro broke up. <laughs> this is crazy. Number eight, I'm not attracted to my partner. What did I tell you? Mm. What did I tell you? So in these cases, what they're saying is I'm not in this partnership because of attraction. I'm not in this partnership because of attraction. Yes, I'll stay here because he pays the bills. I'll stay here because the rent is paid. All right, here we go. 
Your rent's due, motherfucker. I'll stay here because we have kids. I'll stay here and give him a lazy effort because he pays my car note. I, this is the danger. I'll stay here because I feel secure. I'll stay here because he lives in a nice neighborhood. I'll stay here because... Huh? This is common. Remember, men are in love, women are in business. Okay? Number nine, my partner has bad hygiene. Number 10, sex is painful for me. That one's a big one. Um, You don't know that how true that's going to be. All right, so a lot of women will experience pain in sex. I mean, it's part of the territory. Sometimes it could be pleasurable pain. Sometimes it could be discomfort. You're just stabbing at her guts. Sometimes you could be too big for her. All right, uh, uh, despite popular opinion, not all women want big salami. Not all women want big. Some people want the perfect fit. Some people, you know what I mean? They don't, like, they might have wanted it big, but not every day, right? Sometimes you big and don't know how to use it. Sometimes you big and, uh, sometimes you last too long. Sometimes you last too long, all right? Some women want it over and done with in five to 12 minutes. Um, Actually, I can pull this up. Some women don't mind 30 minutes. Um, If I'm familiar with the woman, it's going to be 30 minutes. I got to figure out who I got to think about to get this nut off because I'm not thinking about you, unfortunately. All right. If I've had, if I've been with you more than three times, most of the time I got to think about somebody else. And so it might take a while as I go through my mental Rolodex and think about the girl I saw at Starbucks, think about the girl at the grocery store, thinking about the girl, the neighbor, thinking about, <laughs> I got to go through my girl at work. I got to think about, I got to think about the girl with the pigtails. You know what I mean? And the, you know, I got to go through the spank bank. I got to go. So this going to be a minute. <laughs> the girl. <laughs> so let me go through my, let me go through my celebrity list. Let me go through the girl I saw with the feet, you know, her feet out. I got to think about somebody. So this going to be a while. All right. And it can be quite painful. You know what I mean? And she's just like, can we get this over with? <laughs> anyway, listen. <laughs> He said, Selena Gomez, there's somebody, the girl at Hooters. I got to, you know, sometimes I might come straight home after I didn't see somebody at the mailbox and like, oh, come home, honey, man. I got to get this on right now. It's better than cheating on her. All right. Better than cheating on her. But this tends to happen. So we might think, especially if she's dry, she's not aroused. She's doing it for duty. It could be quite painful. She could have a, um, guys, you guys don't understand, UTIs. Look up UTIs. If you've never lived with a woman, look up UTIs. Uh, urinary tract infection is common in women. Yeast infection could be a common thing she experiences. She could experience non-arousal and dryness. She can experience, you know, periods. She could have diarrhea. She could be sick. Because you move in with her doesn't mean you'll have access to her. You'll find that there might be 20 days out of 30 that you don't have access to her. Not five, not three there could be 20 days in a month that you don't have access to her, and it could be for a variety of reasons. All right. Uh, sometimes positions are painful for women. It might be a position that you like. She might not like it. Vice versa. She might want to go reverse cowgirl, and you'd be like, I can't. This is too much. All right. So I'm, I'm giving y'all hardcore truth and facts. All right. Everybody else is in their feelings that disagree with me. But. Guys, I just presented the data out there. The data's there. In fact, it is that in monogamous relationships, women are the ones that lose interest first. 
and that could lead to you cheating on her. You will find this in common, okay? She will cheat on you because she's wanting a certain sex. You might not never find out. And it is the fact that you cheat on her as a follow-up because there's funny feelings. You might feel a certain way. You might not be getting satisfied. She will wait till you. she finds out that you're cheating to pull the plug. But she was cheating as well, right? And she was cheating and she was getting something somewhere else. She lost interest a long time ago. And then it showed, it reflected in her performance. Then you got fed up and you cheated. And then when she found out she did enough digging, they'll do enough digging to find out if you cheated and they'll put that shit on front street first. They'll put it on front street first. They'll be nervous about it. They'll ask you about it. And she been out there doing dirt. So you guys got to watch out for this shit. This is, this is straight up the best game you're getting here on YouTube. I'm not here to sell you a fantasy. I'm here to give you that reality. All right. And the reality is what I just presented with true facts, evidence, and understanding, knowledge, interpretation, and dissection, and all of that shit. <laughs> facts with tax, as they say. It's the game. It's how the game works. And we tend to get manipulated by this game. You tend to be get manipulated if you're ignorant about it. I want you to give you the facts up front because all married men should be giving you this facts right here. All right, anyway, I gave you the statistics, the moon, the stars, the quasars. I gave you everything you need to interpret this. And if it doesn't apply to you, as Obsidian says, if it don't apply, let it fly. I don't need you to be the exception to the rule. I don't need to try to prove me wrong because you're different. It doesn't matter. I gave you the facts. I gave you the statistics. I gave it to you. And it is what it is. Shout out to the couch gang. And I'm going to get to these super chats. And we're at the three hour mark. And uh, coming up, the weekend's coming up. What's up, nigga? What's up for the weekend, nigga? Shout out to, shout out to, and by the way, guys, uh, your romance and porn are the same thing. So you're, when your woman says she wants romance, say, okay, I'll give you a couple of romantic days. You give me a couple of prawn days. I'm going to treat you like a prawn star one day, and I'll give you a day of romance. Because both of them are delusional. If she says you need to give me 10 days of romance to give you one day of some prawn sex, that's an unequal thing. Both of them, both of those needs are delusional needs. But her needs will trump yours. I need emotional attachment. I need a, a nice date. I need this. And I need you to grab them ankles. Okay, what are we talking about here? I need you to grab them ankles. I need you to split it wide open. I need you to, okay, I'll, your needs don't trump my needs. Okay. Just because your needs are emotional and mine are sexual doesn't mean mine are bad and yours are good. Emotions don't trump sexual. They're both on the same plane. So if you need that emotional, I need that prompt. <laughs> but they'll do that. Well, minds are genuine and pure. Mine's about emotional. You just want sex. Sex is important. Sex is important. It's not, not important because you think it's disgusting and degrading. No, we doing the nasty without no interrupts. <laughs> it is what it is dude i got y'all gotta deliver this poison real good man you know what i mean this that medicine it's very important and in fact without a, it, it doesn't if you're not having intimacy or sex in a relationship you don't even have a relationship you don't have a relationship it certainly ain't monogamous like the dev you're basically a um what do they call it if you're not monogamous you're um, I think it's autumn. It's I can't remember what it is, but like monogamous monogamy requires intimacy. <laughs> like, so if you're not intimate, you're not in monogamous relationship. I'll say it again. 
I think it's uh, asexual. Thank you. Asexual marriage causes divorce. You're asexual. You're asexual if there's no sex in a relationship. That means you're doing it. You're pleasuring yourself. She's pleasuring herself. The very definition of a monogamous relationship requires sex. All right. If there's no sex, you're in a platonic relationship, not a monogamous one. Let's keep it going. Shout out to Roberto Moreno. I got it already. Ha says, so true about environment, coach. There was a Russian dad who never played chess in his life and said that his future kids will be chess players. He had three girls, made them practice study every day. All three became grandmasters. Indeed. Shout out to you. Garrett Hayes says, I just finished free agent lifestyle or as I call it, him, dark materials. He says, uh, great book, coach. The evolution is on deck. Shout out to you. <laughs> anyway, yeah. Anyway, shout out to JC says, if I want to work out, I'll call my Mastodon for a session. All right. MC Hamster says the XX sex fantasy is to tame the beast. XXs are attracted to the feral animal and want to tame him. You cannot allow yourself to be tamed, a.k.a. married. True, true indeed. True indeed. You'll find that um, I share several stories of men who were alphas because alphas get married. Alphas actually more likely to get married than not. Um, and uh, alphas get married. What, what will then happen to the alpha is he'll lose, he'll shed his alpha characteristics. This is a mistake. And so what he'll do is he'll cut his hair. He'll chop off his, he'll, he'll chop off, he, he'll, he'll shave his beard, right? He'll do things. He'll lose his, he'll lose his physique. He'll get a job. <laughs> he'll become tamed and he'll become a lesser alpha version of themselves. This is when the woman loses attraction because all of his time was putting him being alpha and being out there in the wild and hunting and working out. When he gets with the woman, he'll, he'll, he'll try to, she'll conform him too. She'll help destroy it himself. She'll be like, okay, be a little less than that. Be a little less than that. And then he'll, instead of eating with his hands, he'll eat with a fork. And after a while, this will, she'll lose arousal for the guy. She'll lose arousal. He'll get a beer belly. He'll get less muscular. And she'll be like, I like that beer belly. She'll start slapping it. And after a while, yeah, she'll go for, she'll replace you with the previous version of yourself. All right. <laughs> it's, it's what it is. Uh, you come home every day. That's not, that's not sexy. It's necessary, but it's not sexy. Damn, you don't have your hoes. You get rid of all your hoes. You sell your motorcycle. Then just she going to lose arousal. You start driving a minivan. Man, she going to go drier than the Sahara Desert. You come home every night. And yeah, she's like, oh, man, damn, you ain't got no hoes. You ain't got no girls that look at you. No women look at you in public when she's out with you. She going to lose arousal. Mm -hmm. This is how it works. I'm telling you, man, it's weird. I know you guys think it's weird. Women are going to say, no, 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 no. I'm telling you the guys on the truth. <laughs> right? You come home every day at 6 o'clock, she's going to lose arousal for you. And then you go to the titty bar, go to the bar, uh, go, see, go see your side piece. All right? Have her wonder sometimes. Have her wonder sometimes. Have her wonder where you at. Come home smelling like sex. <laughs> so she can have competition anxiety. Is there another woman in the picture? I better step my game up. When you're out in public, this is another one. When you're when you're out in public, 
if a bartender, a waitress, a woman that you know, a woman that might be interested to you, a younger woman, if they run up to you and say hi, oh, you're handsome, oh, if they're giving you attention, she like, what the fuck? Oh, man, I better step my shit up for my man. Good Lord. These girls trying to throw it. They trying to throw that thing. She be at home grabbing her ankles. Come on, honey. I want to grab them ankles. She'll come home. As soon as you get home. Yeah, you painting your nails. You letting your kids paint your nails. She be like, oh, he's secure in his masculinity. She going to dry up. She going to dry mm. up. Be a man. They want men out here. <laughs> they want men. All right. They'll say on the internet, you got to be secure in your masculinity. Let your kids paint your nails. Don't do it. Don't do it. It's going to it's going to make you sexy for another reason, not arousal. That's going to give her security. Oh, you're a good dad and you're secure. And yeah, she'll be that. But she's going to dry up. Be mysterious. This is why men, I think the mystery method has something to do with this. I didn't study it, but I believe in mysterious men are the most successful men with women. Being mysterious, being not predictable. You don't have to be erratic. You don't have to be all over the place, but just a little mysteriousness goes a long way. Not responding. Yeah, Bruce Wayne. This is why I say I'm the Bruce Wayne of this ish. Not because I am the Bruce Wayne from the Batman movie, but he's mysterious. He's not predictable. He's uh, he's not exclusive. He's kind of out there. You don't really know. That's the Bruce Wayne. Okay. That's the Bruce Wayne experience. I I pride myself on being mysterious. Especially when it comes to them. I'm not going to text you right away. I'm not going to text you predictably. Like I'm not going to wake up at 7 o'clock and text you at the same time. All right. I'm going to make your ass think. And you can't pretend about it. Right. Don't make it pretend. Don't try too hard. All right. But you got to be somewhat mysterious. What do you do? And where do you work? And where it is? Y'all ninjas come in. Y'all ninjas come in to tell her where you work. What side of town you live on. Where your house is. What the address is. What your main phone number is. You tell her where you went to school, what degree you have, what degree you don't have, uh, what your life plans are, where you see yourself in five years, 10 years. She done got all the information she needs. She's going to be like, well, <laughs> your life story, what your ex-girlfriend did to you, how many girls you had sex with. Man, please. She like. All right. Yep. How much you make, what car you drive. You done gave them every damn thing. How many cars you own, where you traveled last to. They don't need no details of this information. That's some in, stick around, bitch. Stick around, bitch. I'll give you a little bit and a little bit. Stick around. Be good. Where we at here? Shout out to Mr. Albert says, now this is the game we need. Thank you, brother. Right. All right, this is the game we need. Soldier for God says the free agent lifestyle is about freeing men and freeing women. He says women that cohabitate are not free. Yes, and become miserable. That misery is contagious. Yes, indeed. Absolutely. And they don't even know this about themselves. I actually can educate women about themselves. I know you. I know you, mother sucker. I know you. Don't, and no manipulation is working against me, right? Unless you got pretty feet and pigtails, then we can talk. All right, but, um, um, but I can tell you about yourself. I know more about you than you know about yourself, especially if you're under 35. All right. And you older women, I know it. Just admit it. Roberto Moreno says, remember the old saying, CGA, he says, men are like floor tile 
He says they he says lay them right the first time and you can walk all over them. Shaking my head. Train Yang gang in the building here. Train Yang. Shout out to Abel Returns to Eden. This matters not. From Blissful Monk Island. Shout out to you indeed. If you've gone monk, matters not. Mystic, uh, Mystic Free Agent Lifestyle with the co-sponsorship, if you will. Let me see if I can find the right sound effect. He says, Mr. Money Mindset Stream from yesterday. He says, yes, mentality is everything. He says, no one can rise higher than their highest thought. Today, you spoke about environment, and that's all true. So true. P.S. He says, took advice and paid five months ahead on bills. Wow. It's a crazy, it's a crazy feeling. You get five months ahead of bills, five months ahead of rent. Man, it's a freeing feeling. But you got to hustle for that. J Flo says, I learned that after 18 years of marriage, and he says it's to stay in shape and keep a little of that dark side ready just in case wifey starts slipping. Coach gang, shout out to the dark side. That mentality. Have the right mentality. We're over on. We're over on. What the hell? We're over on Cash App. What do we got here? River Bacon says you're right 100% about mystery method. Yes, mysteriousness. This is why they have um uh, James Bond. Um supposed to be good with women, uh, Bruce Wayne, you know. If you give women a commitment too early and give every, everything up too early, she's going to dry up on you. Um, what's the guy from Fifty Shades of Grey, Christian Grey? This is why they're attracted to that. Uh, romance novels. Romance often requires that the guy has an animal instinct and is mysterious. This is why Pookie, they like Pookie. This is why they like Tyrone. This is why they like Chad. Hey, man. I don't, I don't care if people want this to be the truth or not. It's the truth. This is the direct method into get it. It's it's all primal. Um, and they will even say it. Security protection. It's science. It's evolution. You know what else is science? Cheeks. All right, Mister. Uh, what do we got here? Jonathan Eli says classes in session. I'm taking notes. Indeed, Michael Jordan is in the building. Twenty three years of marriage. Dead bedroom is real. Dead bedroom is real, guys. Roommate. Marriages are super real. Okay. You're living, you'll sleep, you'll be sleeping in your office. You'll be sleeping on the couch. You'll be sleeping in, in your kids' bedroom while your kids are sleeping. Oh, another one. Oh, let me tell you about having kids, guys. That's going to catch you off guard. If you marry a woman and then when she parents, she's going to start nesting and her primal urge to parent is going to dominate your needs. She might say, I need to co-sleep. I want to co-sleep with my children. Or when your children come to the bedroom, the marital bedroom, and they say, I had a nightmare. And then the mom says, get in the bed, and the kid gets used to sleeping in the bed. Um, Say goodnight to your sex. Mm. Say goodnight. Sex ain't coming back. <laughs> right? It's gone. Yeah, you sleeping in the garage. Say goodbye to sex. It ain't coming back. And so you, you won't see this coming. She might even not even indicate that. She might even commit to you that she would never do that to you. But in real life, her parental instincts are going to trump your needs sexually and whatever. So then you have babies. And then the babies, because people will say, well, lock them in the bedroom and don't put up with that. These are children. Stop. Uh, that's not a way to do it. Locking kids in rooms is not the way to do it. 
And she'll do it for a little bit. But guys, they naturally are programmed to be alert to their child's needs. This is all, again, we can't use logic for everything. When a woman hears a child cry, it's different from when a father hears a child cry. So you might be able to say, lock him in and let him cry. But she ain't going for that shit. She can't do it. Sometimes if she's a feeder and she nipple feeds her baby, her nipples going to go crazy and start tingling. And you're going to want to suck on them. It's <laughs> and she's going to be like, nah, my kid needs me. So, man, we are, we are animals. Shout out to Garrett says, I'm a writer. Oh, I already covered that. Kevin Sullivan with two. He says, good afternoon, CGA. Today is my big 31st birthday. I wanted to send some tuition. And he says, if you've seen the movie, be cool. Trying to be cool, you'll end up like the guy saying ninja and got his toupee shot off. And he says, just sign my kids up for Kumon and coaches correct. My kids instructor is a Ling Ling and they often do buy these Kumons. And he said, she has them doing homework almost every day. And yes, parents have to be active and accountable to make sure their kids stay the course. Thanks, coach. Indeed. And I recommend things like that. Um, and people were like, oh, it sucks. And listen, all it is is to get you in a repetitive mode. And math needs repetition. And it needs consistency. It's the only way to do it. And you're going to find that people who do well typically do these things with their kids. People who don't, they don't. Mr. Hex says another great show today, CGA. I appreciate you. I appreciate you. It's not to make you smart. It's not to make you smart. It's to get you in repetition, discipline, consistency. The most successful people live disciplined lives. The least successful people are chaotic all over the place. Like, for instance, Kobe Bryant, Michael Jordan, what is their trait? They're hyper-obsessed about one thing. Now, does this make them a good human being? Nope. Does this make them, does this make them um, uh, right, righteous and moral? No, you will find that despite the fact that they're highly successful in one capacity and obsessed and singular focus on that thing, people will say, yeah, but, yeah, but he not a good father. Yeah, but he has vices. Yeah, but, but. He's hyper successful in one thing and in life, that's all you need. <laughs> okay. Mm. What gets people in trouble is trying to be good at everything. What gets people in trouble is trying to be good at everything. I'm going to be a good daddy. I'm going to be a good worker. I'm going to be a good husband. I'm going to be a good person in society. I'm going to be a good church goer. I'm going to be good to my boss. I'm going to be good to my hoes. I'm going to be good. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. You can't do it all, Ninja. Can't do it all. This is what women do. I'm going to be a high earner. I'm going to work 80 hours a week. I'm going to be a good wife. I'm going to be a good mother. Man, it's impossible. <laughs> I'm going to be good at this game. I'm going to lay good salami. No, no, look, 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 look. Look, you getting one, Ninja. <laughs> like, what you want? Mm. I'm going to be good at this, and I'm going to excel at this shit. The rest of this shit, I need somebody else to cover. I'm going to pay somebody else to cover the rest of that shit. Well, him, him not good at this, and him not good. and him, him, They'll find the one thing you ain't good at. Oh, see, he, he failed to be a good parent. That was Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan. Well, his kids didn't turn out. Man, look, but look, he, he great over here, though. 
You can't do everything good. You can't. This is what's going to get you in trouble. You can't chase too many rabbits. How many rabbits can you chase? You're out in the field. Five bunny rabbits go and you hungry. Chase one. <laughs> Ninja's trying to chase this one and chase this one at the same time, man. Chase one rabbit. He said LeBron did both. No, he did not. <laughs> he had one down-ass bitch. LeBron did not. Do you think LeBron was at home being a good daddy? No, man. That, that Savannah James pulled her weight. Savannah James pulled her weight. She... <laughs> You think he was helping with homework and what? Yeah, come on, man. Savannah James pulled her weight. She didn't do. Now, the clock is still ticking. What about Kobe? What about him? He'll tell you he was obsessed with basketball. He was so obsessed with basketball, he lived by it and died by it. Rest in peace. It was the very reason why he was successful, and it was the one reason why his ass crashed in the helicopter. Okay? So... And that was the one reason he had a close connection with the daughter that played ball. But rest in peace. Rest in peace. Live by the sword, but die by the sword. But anyway, I hate to keep it. I'm just keeping it real with you. I'm just keeping it real with you. Anyway. You got to think like this and again, just wake up. And I know him to be an active father. Yeah, I seen him pick up his kids from school. I seen him be there with his kids um, at the soccer field. But this, a lot of people are doing this. A lot of people are, a lot of fathers do this and get no credit for it. A lot of fathers drop their kids off the school and get no credit for it. Are we giving them credit for it because he can dunk and pick the kids up for school? What else? All right. Shout out to James M says, "Hey, coach, tried to set up a clarity call." but the calls expired. I'm actually taking a break from coaching. So I'm going to have to do something about that. Um, I'm taking a break from calls. So I'm in the process of doing something else and transferring my energy to somewhere else. So uh, you got to be patient on that one. I appreciate it. Where are we at here? Oh, I got, I got all of those. Did I get all the memos and all that stuff? Uh, shout out to team on Julius says K on the coach. He says that new daddy, clip is reprehensible but can you put it uh put in the new chill son clip please all right you want me to play that all right hold on for a second here it is hey yo chill son hey yo he said shout out to judge mathis off topics why do you say lane splitting save lives oh good question uh well what happens is in traffic and traffic on motorcycles and we're done with the show we're just gonna finish up on this one it's 3d ventures shout out to you shout out to the 3d ventures out there um, lane, lane splitting save lives because you can get away from traffic in the congestion of traffic if a motorcycle can get through the traffic, all right? And so he can get away from people, you know, uh, having depending on defensive driving by being able to stop or go when it's slow or when vehicles are stops, get ahead of them and get ahead of the traffic. So lane splitting saves lives. Loud pipes save lives. If a motorcycle has to go along with vehicle traffic, the problem is the motorcycle is driving with his hands. He's shifting gears. People are braking and stopping. People are changing lanes. 
And if I can't split lanes and get away from that, I'm actually vulnerable to the vehicles by having to drive at their same pace. So, so when you can get in front of traffic, everybody can see you. When you're within traffic, people aren't looking for motorcycles. They'll just merge into your lane. So this is why people have loud pipes as well. So when you see a motorcycle and it's like, rum, rum, people are like, oh, he's showing off. No, he's actually making you aware of his presence. And it worked. So, you know, most people aren't looking for bikes and motorcycles and people, things like that. So if you can be aware that they're there, it actually helps save his life. It actually helps protect him. I know it's obnoxious, but it's alerting you that they're present. And that's all that matters to a person riding a motorcycle. So anyway, man. Yeah, some people don't even look, but this is why they typically will rev their um, uh, they will rev the throttle before they go. Right. They're just sitting there sometimes it's to keep the motorcycle from shutting down when they idle. But it also is room. Make sure you know I'm here, mother sucker. All right. Anyway, rev it up. Shout out to the coach gang. I think I got everybody. And if I didn't, I will catch up later on today. Hey, yo, chill, son. Hey, yo. All right. And peace. I looked at it as I have an ATM between my legs and I just I'm just using it. All I got to do is put my card in and that's it. And put the pin number and boom, money just comes right out.